Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoops World on the new Talk Story Radio Network. to another edition of Swoops World Late Night. It is Wednesday, May 27, 2015, and uh, I've got a full night tonight. Uh, of course, Peter's not here yet. He's running, uh, he's got a, some things he had to take care of, but he'll be here in a little bit. Of course, T-Bone will be here, and we've got a T-Bone's time out. Our Brewski's beer tasting. Uh, we're going to have Bob Case on in a few minutes and talk to him about some things, and of course, our uh, good friend Anthony Davis joins us every week, so we'll be talking to AD around about 9.20 or so, but uh uh, plenty of things uh, in store for you tonight. Uh, last night, I got to co- guest co-host with Rob Saul on the Rob Saul Show. Always a good time hanging with Rob and uh, chatting about some certain some things and having a good, having a having a ball. And uh, yeah, he, you know, I got to talk to Rob about his, his Skype though, man. His Skype kept cutting out on us and uh, hanging up on me. I got to get a little complex there, but it was all good, all good. Get a chance to check him out at robsall.com, and uh, he's on most, he's on a lot of Tuesday nights <laughs> at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. on the East Coast, so uh, you get a chance to check him out, and all, I think all his shows are in the archive right there on his website, and I uh, can listen to some of those. He's had some, uh, some great guests over the years, so uh, get a chance to check him out, and I will do that. Um, what else we got going on tonight? Our original guest uh, was going to be uh, Warren Williams, and uh, he's a representative from the Los Angeles Bike Coalition, but uh, Warren had some things pop up. He can't make it tonight. Hopefully, we can get him rescheduled uh, down the road and uh, get to talk to him about what's going on with the L.A. Bike Coalition. I know they stay busy, always have a lot of good things going on, so it would be great to talk to him about that. And, uh, of course, those of you who are regulars to the show know that Peter and myself are avid cyclists, so anytime we get a chance to talk about biking, uh, it's always a lot of fun. We're going to take our first break, and uh, in a little bit, come back and talk to Bob Case. You're listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network, and uh, we're going to start you off with uh, It's Okay. They were here a few, uh, a few months back, and this is called Beach Dude. <laughs> Joy is the day, joy is the day, 
cab over camper in a roadside dash so he could flash outside or in the vicinity. And we are going to Trinity. children. We say the Pledge of Allegiance together. You see me around the neighborhood and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America and I'm struggling with hunger. This problem is closer than you think. My teacher tells me we can grow up to be whatever we want. I want to grow up to be someone who doesn't go to bed hungry. There's enough food in this country to feed everybody. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something, and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. So many comments on my comment. Hey, guys, check out my wait. new video game. Mom, what? Huh? Pew, pew. What'd you say? This huh? weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sean Paul on the Wall, and you're listening to Swirl. Welcome back to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, we played two songs. We played It's Okay, Beach Dude, and we played John Gannon, Trinity. And, uh, yeah, two great songs. Uh, it's that time. We're going to give our guest a call. and give Bob Case a call so we can get him on the line.
Hello. We'd like to welcome Bob Case. He's the vice president of the International Bas- uh, Boxing Association, and uh, he's a good friend of the show. We're always happy to have him. Welcome back to the show, Bob. Honored, always honored to be on, Keith. How you been, buddy? Oh, doing great, man. Doing great. Thank you. Thanks so so much for uh, for joining us tonight. And uh, you know, I wanted to. There's uh, several things I wanted to chat with you about, and I want to just get started with. Uh, I know that you went to an event the other day, and I know it's the uh, 50th anniversary. The Dodgers are recognizing the uh, 1965 World Series team, and uh, I know they had an old timers game and, and a big uh, big event. And uh, apparently, you went to it. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, you know, Keith. It was really this. That Saturday was like maybe the busiest Saturday I've ever had in my life. I had the USC Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, which they have every two years. We're down at, um, at SC that night. The, uh, I, was, I was invited uh, with Ryan O'Neill to go to the, the Boxing Fight 3G. was at the Forum, and we had ringside tickets given to us. Uh, the uh, Pacific Coast League reunion was that night. There's a couple other events I was supposed to go to. And I was supposed to go to a screening, which we did go to, but Al Ferrara, my dear friend for many, many years, invited me as his personal guest to go to the, and this was like almost like that, that movie Costner was in where you go back to the, yeah. he invited me to go as his guest to the, uh, the, the 50-year luncheon, which was a private luncheon only for the players and the staff of the 1965 World Champion Dodgers, and they had the luncheon in the stadium club at Dodger Stadium at, at 11.30 it started, and then they had the old-timers game, and then all the players came up to a private suite with a pool table and booze and food and to come up and enjoy themselves the whole game. And uh, it was just, it was like like a child. I mean, I knew I was very fortunate and blessed to know most of these guys because I worked, as you know, in baseball. And to see them all at this, you know, a lot of them are older now, but and just to see them reminisce and the looks on their face when they saw each other and just it was just like uh, I couldn't even I, and I and everybody told me I made the right decision of all the things to go to I went to the right thing because I'll, I'll never be able to relive that again or uh, you know just just to hang out I mean we you know I, I had lunch and I'm sitting with Al Farrar, Ron Paranowski and and Sandy Koufax for a while you know wow, he was yeah. there with his wife <laughs> I mean and all the old timers just came in one by one and it was just it was just an amazing feeling that something I'll never ever be able to uh, you know, it will be in my mind as long as I'm on this earth. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I was I was reading an article about it, and then the list reads like a who's who. I mean, Maury Wills, Tommy Davis, Wally Moon. Uh, you mentioned yep. Paranowski. Uh, was Wes Parker? Was no, Wes West was sick that day, unfortunately. And um, there was three or four guys that didn't come, which people were really surprised. That you know, like Nate Oliver lives up in Northern California, and uh, John Kennedy lives back east, and uh, and Osteen and, and Jim Lefevre. For, for one reason or another, didn't couldn't make it. So you know, and um, but it, the rest of the guys were all there. I mean, Jeff Torberg was there. Uh, it was great to see him and his wife were there, and they've been married 53 years. Dick Trususki was a backup infielder. He was there with his wife. They've been married 52 years, I believe. Uh, Maury was there with his wife Carla, and they've been married. You know, there. Uh, Maury just looks. I mean, he's eight, Keith. The guy's 82 years old. He was he was playing in the infield in the game. You know, I mean, he, I mean the guy you he could go out and throw the ball and play. I mean, he was playing. I was shooting pool with him up, upstairs in the suite. I mean, he's just a, a great guy, and he's got a, a a wife that's you know probably thirty years younger than him that just adores him and takes care of him. And Carl is a wonderful gal, and uh, they have you know Lou, sweet Lou Johnson was there. I mean, 
He's just as, I mean, he's in his, I think he's 80-something. He's as sharp as a tack. Looks like he could go out and play right now. You know, I mean, I mean, there were so many. Tommy Davis was there with his gorgeous daughter. She said she was 35 or 36, and she looked like she's 25. You know? and she was beautiful, beautiful. She must have, I kid Tommy, I said, she must have taken after your wife. She's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, but uh, anyway, no, it was just so great to see all those guys. You know, it was just, you know, uh, and then they had, like five members of the 1955 Brooklyn Dodgers were there. Wow. And that's 60 years ago. Yeah. Uh, uh, Koufax and, uh, and uh, see, Sandy Koufax and uh, Roger, no, Sandy Koufax and there was two members of the 1955 and 65 Dodgers. And you know, I think Sandy, I saw that. Uh... It was Sandy, Sandy Koufax showed up there. Um, Roger Craig showed up there. Uh, Ed Roebuck showed up there. Uh, Lasorda was on that team for a, a little short time, and uh, there was somebody else. Don, Don Newcomb. Newcomb. Don yeah. Newcomb was there. Yeah. So there was five members, and uh, Koufax was a member of '55 and '65, I believe. Yeah. Wow. He was. He was on the '55 Brooklyn Dodgers, and he was on the '65 LA Dodgers. Man, that that, that was uh, that, that sounds like it was a great time, man. Oh yeah, I mean, and some of the stories. I wish I could tell them on the air, but I can't. But some of the funniest stories. I mean, <laughs> like, and then then a lot of the you know they they must have had a hundred guys for the old timers game. A lot of the guys from the seventies, eighties were there. Garvey came up and say and Lopes and Russell and you know and then Pedro Guerrero was there and Steve Sachs and just so many. I hadn't seen Charlie Huff in quite a few years. You know, just so many, so many guys. It was just an amazing time. Yeah. Uh, and they were telling the funniest stories. I mean, like. Uh, Pedro Guerrero, everybody was laughing because when Fred Clare traded him to the St. Louis Cardinals in 1988, uh, he was kind of a guy who was always in trouble. A character, he didn't speak real good English back then. He speaks perfect English today. He lives in Miami. Yeah. And and he uh, he said a quote, and it made the Associated Press, and all the players were laughing. They all said it was their favorite quote. Fred Clare said he wasn't a real good fielder. So Pedro Guerrero said, I'd like to hit some ground balls to Fred Clare. <laughs> All the players were laughing about you know, they, they were just, just roaring. And he said it, which made it even funnier, and he's kind of broken English. You know, he said, I'd like to hit some ground balls to Fred Clare, and the players went nuts. You know. But, I mean, see, you know, we were talking about how the players are different decade by decade. You know what I mean? I mean, right. it's, it's, it's like a different – I mean, Wally Moon was telling us that he won Rookie of the Year in 1954, and he said the reason he did because Stan Musial – he couldn't hit left-handers real well, and Stan Musial told him to bunt. And he said he got 19 bunt hits in 1954 and hit 300 and won the rookie of the year. And that was Stan <laughs> Musial was his mentor, you know. So, I mean, we're hearing so many great stories, just story after story after story after right. story. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that, that... Sandy Koufax lives in Vero Beach, Florida, and so does Ron Paranowski. And, uh, you know, they're, Ron, you know, it was great to see him. He had his two sons there, and Sandy had his wife with him. It was just great to see everybody. Peter O'Malley showed up, and you know, and the current brass was there, and it was just, uh, it was just like, uh, like, like that movie that Costner was in. You know, when they went yeah. back. And, I forget uh, the name. Dream, dream, field of dreams. Field of dreams. Yeah. It was my field of dreams. You know, all those guys. <laughs> you know, it was just great. Now, Vero Beach isn't that where the, the Dodgers? I don't know if they still do. They used to. That's where they used to play their spring ball, right? Oh yeah, they played there for years yeah. back in the Army barracks and everything back in the forties there in Vero Beach, Florida, and then uh, maybe five years ago they moved to Arizona. Okay. And um, they moved out of there, but a lot of the people still remain back there. You know, like uh, it's uh, you know they they really I, I was I was surprised Koufax lives there. You know, to, with his wife and really enjoys it. Yeah. 
Well, that's outstanding. And before we, before we get off the subject of baseball, I, I was talking to you a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you had mentioned uh, Ernie Banks, and uh, you said he was, what a great guy he was. And uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, you know, I was blessed. To, you know, when I worked for the Angels in the in the early '60s, Banks, the Angels would play only three teams in spring training because they were in Palm Springs, and they'd play the Cubs in who were in Scottsdale, and they'd play the Giants who were in Phoenix, and they'd play the Cleveland Indians who were in Tucson. So I saw those teams all spring training. I got to know Ernie when I was like a young kid, you know, and, and I actually met him when I was really young, but I was just a fan then, but I met him as a, you know, as an adult when I was working there, and he was just a, I couldn't believe what a nice human being he was. I mean, he probably was one of the greatest ambassadors for baseball that they've ever had. You know, he he was wonderful to fans. I mean, everywhere you go, you hear Banks, if you, you, you always know if somebody met him because they'll always smile and tell you. Uh, in fact, uh, A.D. and I were down in Malibu a week or two ago, and we had this friend of ours, her name is Kristen Jamin, beautiful young blonde girl from Chicago, and she was in real estate in Chicago, and she was telling us how wonderful Ernie Banks was, how great he was to she, and, you know, and how she, he sat down and said to her, you got to give your money to your husband. He'd kid around like that. You know, <laughs> give, give all your money to your husband, but, and he would talk to people. I mean, I, he lived in Encino for probably 10 years, and we'd meet down at this Jerry's Famous Deli for 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 breakfast every you know once a week and he'd eat oatmeal and he told me to eat oatmeal and he talked to the bus boys and he talked to the dishwashers yeah. and he talked you know I never saw him refuse an autograph or not want to talk to people you know yeah. and it, that's just the kind of guy he was he was like one of my all-time favorite human beings. I mean, not a bad bone in his body, you know, and he was an ambassador for, let's play, you know what he used to love to do? Al Farrar was saying, all the Dodger players in the 60s would go back to Wrigley Field and they had day games, so the guys would stay out all night and get drunk. You, you know what players did in the old days. They'd stay all night and get drunk, so Ernie didn't drink, and he would come in the next day and see Padres and Farrar and Drysdale all hungover, and he'd say, "Let's play two. Let's play two to these guys." You know, like, <laughs> always laughing, and they they couldn't even barely walk. You know I mean? so, but I mean, he was always just a fun guy to be around, and you know, and the, I'm telling you, the world is not the same world today without Ernie Banks. I can just tell you that. You know, it's just I, I miss him, and we we talk. I'm I'm glad you even brought his name up because he was just such a great guy. I mean, just unbelievable, you know. And I never met anybody. You you told me as somebody you knew that met him at the airport. Yeah, you know? it's a friend of mine. I, it's funny because we, we just talked about it a, couple, a few weeks ago. He was saying that, you know, one day he was at the LAX, and he said he was standing by the turnstile waiting for his bags, and he looks up, and he looks over, and he says, uh, that's Ernie Banks. And he said, you know, I didn't want to bother him or anything, but then they ended up reaching for their bags about the same spot at the same time, and he said, uh, he says, I know who you are, Mr. Banks. And he says he was so nice to him. And he said he only, you know, he spent, what, five minutes with him. Uh, but he said he was the greatest, nicest guy he's ever met, you know, and he, and he still talks That's, about it. Now, you, you multiply that to every person you ever met in his life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just told you the story that young lady had in Chicago. I mean, it's just everybody I've ever talked to and met him has a story like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. then you see the goodwill he passed on to people, you know. It's almost like God, I believe, works through people like that, you know. God is good and just comes through, and, and he pa- everybody smiles, you know what I mean, when, right. when they think about him, you know. So it's like, I think that's unbelievable if you can pass that kind of, that's kind of why I love Casey Stingle so much, because he did the same kind of stuff. He would invite strangers to knock on his door in the, in the 60s and say, can I get your autograph? He'd invite him into his house and show him his trophy room and talk to him, people that did, he didn't even know. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, how many people would do that kind of stuff? He was, if you like baseball, you were his friend. And that's the way Ernie Banks was, you know. 
It's interesting, you, you know, we, we always hear stories about people and, and they'll say, oh, well, this guy, he, he does so much for charity and this, that, and the other, or this, that, and the other, and then you, but you hear about people who actually meet him or, or actually know him and they say, well, he's, he's kind of an ass, but then you hear stories right. about other people and they just say, hey, I, I met the guy for five minutes and he was the nicest guy in the world, and, and it just multiple people tell you the same story about that person. Absolutely correct. Well, but, well Keith, we've talked about it before. <laughs> I was so fortunate to be in baseball when I was in baseball as a kid and then working later in the 60s. And so that was a different breed of players back then. You know, they were just, they were just like your next door. They, they, they weren't, they didn't think they were better than you because they played in the big leagues. You understand what I'm saying? From Mickey Mantle on down, they were all just great guys that were, you know, just happy to be able to play baseball and make a living. And, you know, it it was just, it was enough. They were just, a lot of them like to have fun. You know, they, they don't drink today and have fun like they used to because, because the money's so powerful. You know, they all have their own personal agents and this person and that and that everything everybody's trying to pimp them for money and everybody's after them for this or after that you know it's just a different type of character they're in the weight rooms all the time working out and working out you know i mean in the old days these guys had fun i mean they really had fun you know and they were they, they just uh, it was all like like steve Sachs and pedro guerrero are 80s players but they're throwbacks to the old days those kind of guys you know yeah. what i mean I mean, Sox, he, was, he lives in Sacramento, and he has a gym up there. He's a huge boxing fan. So is Pedro Guerrero. That's all, that's all they, they were just talking to me about boxing. What about this guy? What about that guy? What about, that's all they talked about. You know, it was, it was fun to talk. I mean, Sox knows boxing like a, a guy that's in the business. You know, <laughs> you know, he goes to all the fights up at the Arco Center in Sacramento. I mean, it was just great to see him. He's such a character, real character. Nice. That's that's awesome. It's it's good to hear hear stories like that, and it's great to, to know that. Uh, I know it doesn't happen often, but uh, that some of those guys still get together when they get a chance, and and relive old times and and, and have some fun with each other. Oh, it was just that's that's the great thing is hearing the old stories, hearing, you know, and I like I said, I wish I could say them on the air, but I can't. But there were so many funny, funny stories, just locker room stories that happened in the locker room. You know, <laughs> they used to have a sign in the locker room when I worked down there. It said. What you see here, what you do here, what you say here, let it stay here when you leave here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 but the guys were, you know, the, the camaraderie was so much different. They were like a family. I mean, you know, I I, I did work for Warren Spahn, and he and Lou Burdett were roommates for like 15 years. And he, Warren would tell me to go out and have breakfast, and he he would order for Lou because he knew what Lou would order. You understand? <laughs> what I'm saying? They, they were all. They, they, he said he was more with Lou more than his own wife. Both yeah. of them. You know what I mean? Because you were together all the time, right. and and the guys liked each other, and the the funny stories. I mean, just off the charts. I mean, hilarious stories. That's awesome. You want me to tell you the the, the Al Ferrara story? Yeah. The, this one I think I can say. <laughs> this one you can tell. This, now you talk to any player in the '60s, they all know this story. Al was staying at the Mayfair Hotel, where all the players that didn't live in L.A. stayed at, and. You know, Johnny Padres stayed there. They called Padres the president of Mayfair, and Al was the, they called it the Mayfair Mafia. Al was the <laughs> vice president. And and Padres would come in into the bar and page himself so the girls would come up to the bar. You follow me? And, <laughs> they, 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 and they were all drinking there. And all the, even the visiting teams would come over and drink there with the players. And it was a big hangout in the, in the 60s, the Mayfair Hotel. It's on, it's on 8th Street, right down from uh, Langer's Deli. Oh, but anyway, okay. So it's still there. But anyway... Uh, Alpha had this one girl that he really was madly in love with, and she wouldn't give him the time of day. You know, even you know in those days, big league ball players could get anybody. You know, but she wouldn't, for some reason, wouldn't give him the time of day. So finally, she agreed to have dinner with him. So he said, "I'm going to really, really impress this girl." So he he got the president's suite of the Mayfair Hotel. He ordered ordered Chateaubriand steak. 
He ordered Bernay sauce. He ordered champagne in a bucket. This is a true story, so help me God. This is true. <laughs> and and the girl and Al had a tendency when he really got smoked to just pass out. So this girl came, this beautiful girl had the show picture. And then he said, I'm gonna really impress her, I'm gonna hire a violinist to, to serenade us as we're eating. So as as they ate the dinner, uh, Al passed out. And the whole <laughs> now the whole Dodger team knew this story. When he woke up, the violinist was nailing the the, the girlfriend. <laughs> So, I mean, where else could you hear stories? Where else could you you hear stories like this? You know what I mean? I mean, it was, the, the, uh, there were so many that I couldn't say, but that was one I could probably say, I guess. If I can, I, I you know, who knows. But next time you know. brought a record player. <laughs> so I bet next time you brought a record player. <laughs> well, I mean, do you think these guys had more fun in those days, Keith? Oh, I think they had a blast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, well, let's uh, let's just uh, talk a little bit about Bob. You mentioned boxing. What's happening with the IBA these days? Well, the, the, we're we're going along great. You know, we um, Ryan and I, Neil and I went Sunday. We went over to the um, the WBC convention in San Bernardino. We drove out there. I picked them from Malibu. We drove out there. And they inducted Ryan in the World Boxing WBC Hall of Fame, and they inducted James Lights Out Tony in the Hall of Fame, and they inducted uh, Phil Torrance, who was a trainer in the Hall of Fame, and there was like 3,000 people there in this big auditorium. It was just a great deal. And then they talked about the IBA, and it was, it was really good. But the IBA is smoking now. You know, Dean Chance has got two fights in Hamburg, Germany, on the uh, 26th and 27th. Um, they're, con- they're our continental belt. Uh-huh. And uh, they're a Walter weight and uh, a uh, cruiser weight, and they're fighting in Hamburg, the 27th and 28th, and then we have a fight in Salinas, California, on the 26th for the Americas title, which is a Walter weight fighting, um, and uh, so we got this Hall of Fame referee Steve Smoker working our fights in Hamburg. I don't, I don't, Dean off wanted me to fly to Germany. I said no, thank you. I, so that we got this Steve Smoker who's a a boxing Hall of Fame referee to do the to do the IBA work for us, so uh. we're very happy to do that. But we're we're really working. We got a, a world title fight coming up soon, so I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted on what's going on. But a heavyweight world title fight, which will be good. You know. So. Yeah, you know, I'm interested in what's interesting. You you mentioned a couple of them. I all the all the different belts. Uh, you know, when you we hear people talking, like this this guy has you know seven belts and and what are what is it, what are all the designations? I mean, I know that you know you have the weight class, but uh, and you, and usually you hear about the, you know the IBA, the WBC, and, and you hear about two or three things. But then you mentioned just now the like a, a continental belt and what are what are all these different categories? See, see Keith, this is what's happened in boxing in the old days. You know. When I was a kid reading, reading Ring Magazine, you had eight weight classes, and you had eight world champions. You know, right. But because of television and all the networks, and HBO, and Showtime, and Fox, and this, and the money fights are on HBO and Showtime. So the people, they will not televise a fight unless it's a title fight, which is 12 rounds. So because of this, and it, it ultimately, there's sure there's more belts. Now, some fighters try to control them all, you know, like Klitschko's got three of the belts yeah. for the heavyweight champion. You know, some and, and Floyd Mayweather's got all the welterweight belts and and the uh, the featherweight belts. So in other words, the point is and you have an um, you have a world title, an America's title and, and a continental title. And they're not world but that puts you in step for the world title. They give a belt for them. But the reason they do that is 
because they televise them either on Telemundo, the Spanish networks, or they televise them to Puerto Rico, or they televise them to London, or they tell so they want a world title fight. So ultimately, the fighters make more money. You understand uh-huh. what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, it's more confusing for the fans because you go, they, they call it the alphabet soups. You know, you got the WBC, <laughs> the IBA, the WBA, the IBF. You know, the IB, you know, you've got all these belts, but ultimately they make more money. You know what I mean? Right. And, and there's more world champions, but there's more fights for the fans to see, more 12-round fights, more televised fights. And now we've got NBC televising fights now, which is never, you know, they're, they're doing, they have Layla Ali, Mom and Ali's daughter, right, right. and, and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard doing the uh, commentating. And they televise them, you know, every week or two. And that's been great for boxing, you know. Boxing is actually really, people say the sport was dead are you kidding me? The Mayweather-Pacquiao fight had the highest gross in in, in the history of any sport. Yeah. You know, so uh, of any sport. You know, so it's like what's dead is they want to see good fighters. That's that's what we need. You know what I mean? Are the uh, are, are 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 the best fighters uh, in the in the kind of the middle rate range right now? Um, I would I think I think you know your best fighters today are Floyd Mayweather, who's a welterweight, or Manny Pacquiao. They're this Glenady Golovkin, the Russian, who's the, uh, a a uh, a middleweight who's knocking every. I think he's knocked out like 21 straight guys. He's the, he fought the at the forum uh, the same out of the Dodger reunion. Uh-huh. And uh, you know there there it's it, there's just a lot of stuff going on. I mean that night Al and I actually went over to this this Bettina Jalois. She's a a screenwriter who's written you know all these movies and she did Johnny Tapia's life story and she she wrote, wrote this movie that's out now with Kevin Costner and McFarlane USA and she's written Glory Road anyway she had a uh, premiere that Al and I went to after the Dodger thing so we had a long night we were out late it was called Bessie you know with uh uh, Queen Latifah playing. Oh Bessie. yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the preview for that. Yeah, and 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 Bettina Galois wrote it, and she invited us over for the the thing. It was just great to see everybody, and yeah, it was just wonderful. And Teresa Tapia, Johnny's widow, was there, and you know, it just brought back and they loved having Al there, and he told them about you know a lot of baseball fans. And so it was just a it was it was one of the best days I've spent in a long time, wow. except when I had lunch with you. Keith. <laughs> You're a good man, Bob. <laughs> I I really enjoyed uh, hanging out with you down in Malibu. That great. was good. that was a good time, man. It was a great yeah. great great day, and I and I enjoyed it, and look forward to the next time too, brother. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you're always on the cutting edge of what's happening uh, over at SC. I, I saw a thing uh, just the other day where uh, somebody's projected them to start the season at number three. Uh, what are things looking like over there? There, you know, um, I think, and I, you know, the players I talked to, this is, and I'm happy to tell you this, they, I, I never, they all like Sarkeesian. All the players like Sarkeesian. You know, there's a couple assistant coaches they're not happy with. But that the main thing is they really like him. He's treating them nice. He's a nice guy. The staff likes him, and that makes me feel good. And I think that they could. I think I see him winning at least ten games this year. You know, yeah. I really do. And I think you know nothing would surprise me. They're capable of doing anything. You know, I mean, I, I asked like five people that are right attached to the team. I said. Give me the two best players this year on the team. Give me the two, no matter what position, what one of them surprised me. And and I said, give me the two. And they said, Adore Jackson, one. And they said, Juju Smith, two. Yeah. Who's a, a wide receiver, was a freshman last year. Yeah. Long Beach Poly. They say he is, and I thought they would say Sue Cravens, but they said he'll be great too. You know, he's a, he's a defensive player. But, I mean, these two guys will light 
they're, they're like lightning rods. They will just light it up. I mean, and they've, they've got some, they got a, they got this Marshall kid from Long Beach Poly who they said will come right in and start at safety. They, I mean, this guy's an NFL first round draft pick type. That's kind of, he was like one of the top, he was the top guy in the country, you know, yeah. this Marshall. I think his last name is Marshall, but they've got so much talent. You know, the defensive line will be the weak spot because they lost Leonard Williams and they've got, a, you know, they've got a couple proven guys there, like this kid from Taft High School, number 99, who is real good. But, you know, and if, if he stays healthy, but I mean, then they got a guy named Claude Polan who's real good. You know, you know but if, if, if they're, I believe they have the capabilities of doing anything. And that makes me so happy to see that, you know, because I think they're, and I think Kessler will do good, and they've got some good backups. This kid from the tall kid, the, the white kid that backs him up is real good from Washington. I forget his name, but real good. And they got a, a black left-handed quarterback that's real good. That's third string that he could play. You know, I think he could help that team. You know, yeah, he can yeah. run and do a lot of different things. But I mean, no, the, I, I'm I'm very. I think their offensive line will be one of the best they've ever had. They're going to be experienced. They got that Max Turek coming back, and they got that Loberdam who started as a freshman last year. They had three guys starting as freshmen last year. You know, so on the offensive line, yeah, you know how rare that is. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like uh, no, I I really I I I am so happy about that. I'm just I was so sorry to miss the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. That it was the same night as the Dodger reunion. It was at SC, and it's that's you know they inducted Pete Carroll, they inducted. Tim Rosovich, who was an All-American there. They inducted Jack Del Rio, who was an All-American there. And they inducted uh, uh, Jimmy Jones, who was the first black quarterback to really play at SC. And they inducted Mark Pryor, who was a pitcher there who played for the Cubs. And um, it was it was just a one. They said Carroll was – everybody I know that was there told me Pete Carroll was just wonderful yeah. with the fans and gracious and, you know, just couldn't have been nicer. You know, so it was just I, – I, you know, I'm, as you know, I'm an SC nut and – it was hard to make that choice, but I knew I would never get an opportunity like that reunion ever again. You know? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you mentioned that the baseball player got inducted. Uh, I, I, now, I, I don't know offhand because I, I haven't followed recently, but I know that for years and years and years, uh, SC's baseball team was, was always, you know, one of the top teams in the nation. How are they doing these days? Well, the, the name of the field is Rod Dato Field, and the reason why, because Rod Dato won 11 national championships there. You know, he coached, you know, Randy Johnson, Mark McGuire, Ron Fairley, Tom Seaver. You could, he probably had 120 major league players that he coached out of there. And Rod Dato was just, he was one of Casey Stingle's best friends, just a great human being. There's nobody that doesn't love Rod, and his son Justin coached for him. In fact, I just was with Justin the other day, but he coached under Rod for like 15 years. But uh, and they've had some other coaches. They they hired Chad Cooter, the ex Dodger catcher, and that didn't work out. And then they hired uh, this other I forget the guy's name. And then they brought in this Hubs kid who did re- SC is actually uh, in the playoffs this year. Now uh, I wasn't real happy with how they were seated where they're playing in Lake Elsinore, but once again uh, it has to do with upper management. And you know I you know I thought they would SC would be a Dato Field, you understand what I'm right, saying? Right. In other words, or have a better deal on that. But you know, there's some things you have nothing. And I mean, UCLA right now is number one in the country. They, Eric Karras was at that luncheon I was at, and and he had gone to the UCLA game on Friday, and they pitched a no hitter. He was telling me, oh, wow. the Bruins, and they're they're like number one in the country. Yeah. Now UCLA never won anything in the old <laughs> days, and SC was always on top. You know what I mean? Right. But I, in SC's defense, they can, you can only give so many scholarships. I think it's like five. Now, if if you're a walk-on, 
and you go to SC, it's going to cost you, you know, 75000 a year to go there, or if they even give you a half scholarship, where if you're a walk-on at UCLA, it costs you 20000 Where are you going to go? You know what I mean? Right. Where's the kid going to go play? So that's where it hurts SC, because they're a private institution, and UCLA is, is not. You know, they're, they're a, a state school. So naturally, they're going to get, and I, and I feel sorry for SC, because they have that, and that's not Pat Hayden's fault. It's not the university's fault. It's just the way the cards stack up. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a very unfortunate thing. What's interesting to me is, is and, and, and maybe you, maybe you can answer this one too. You know, SC has for you know they've always year in and year out over the years they've put together great football teams. Uh, they had those big, like you said, those big long runs with baseball. I know they've done well in golf and and some of the aquatic sports and track and field, but they've never put together a decent basketball team over the years. And why is that? Nobody could understand that. I mean, it's like. Bob Boyd, when he was the coach there, had some pretty good basketball teams, but they were always usurped by UCLA. I mean, you know, it's almost like, you know, it'd be like, I wouldn't want to be a broadcaster broadcasting with Vin Scully. You know what I mean? In other words, when 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 SC had some pretty good basketball teams, they were nothing because John Wooden had Lou Alcindor and Bill <laughs> Walton and this guy and that guy, and nobody even noticed that SC had good teams. You know, they actually had some fairly good teams and put Paul Westfall in the NBA and, you know, Bill Hewitt and, you know, there was Mo Layton and they had some pretty good players there. But because they were against SC, nobody even noticed. You know, so it's like, oh, uh, that reminds me to tell you, the Ronald Reagan Museum, I think I told you, they sent a, I, I have collected all this SC memorabilia for years. They sent a Brinks truck to my house like three months ago. And June 4th, they're opening up in the Ronald Reagan Museum and Library a huge display of honoring the 50th Super Bowl, and it's going to be there till after the 2016 Super Bowl. In fact, I'm going to take you over there. Keith, you come out, and we'll go up there. I'll show you. They're going to have the whole SC collection. They're going to honor uh, I, I, Anthony Davis's six touchdown jerseys in there, OJ's jersey from the 67-yard touchdown against UCLA's in there, all the seven Heisman trophies. Marcus Allen drove down from Santa Barbara last Tuesday with his Heisman Trophy and gave him the Heisman Trophy for eight months. Wow. So, so they have Marcus Allen's Heisman Trophy, and they have Doug Flutie's Heisman Trophy, and they have Gary Beeman sent his UCLA Heisman Trophy in from Chicago. So, they, I mean, and Ron Yeri, who was an All-American and a Pro Football Hall of Famer from SC, he brought his Outland Trophy in there to be displayed. And, they, I mean, it's just going to be a spectacular. They're having the, uh, in fact, Anthony Davis and Brian Kennedy are going with me to the, the opening on June 4th. It's it's a preview opening that they're inviting all these people in, and then the real opening is June 6th on Saturday, and then it'll be open from then until after the 2016 Super Bowl. But I would any SC fans or football fans, and they're going to have Terry Bradshaw speak there. They're going to have Anthony Davis speak there. They're going to have you know different football players speak there. You know, and um, I think it'll be just terrific. I, I think it's going to be great for SC, great for football. They're going to they're going to focus on the SC UCLA rivalry. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, that sounds great. Yeah, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to go on uh, June 4th. You know, it's going to be uh, a wonderful evening. Nice, very nice, Bob. I, I, it's it's uh, it's so wonderful that you you're able to uh, you know to have a lot of that stuff and be able to uh, to share it with you know the rest of the world you know in that exhibit. And then it's great that they actually put this uh, exhibit together. My understanding is they put together quite a few uh, uh, really cl- you know, class act exhibits. They had a big car exhibit re- recently. Yeah, uh, and and I, yeah. they had Gary Cypress, who's a dear friend of mine, that owns uh, the Los Angeles Sports Museum, which is all of Main Street downtown. 
he's got a museum that makes you could put Cooperstown in his bathroom. In other words, this museum is you got to go down there. I got to take you down there one day. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. And Gary Cypress donated his whole baseball collection in there. Wow. He's got every Dodger jersey from you know from when Babe Ruth was a coach, and he's got. I mean, his museum is spectacular. He has every movie. It's it's got to be worth billions what yeah. he has in there. Wow. And he donated his whole Dodger collection to the Ronald Reagan Museum for like six months, and people said it was better than Cooperstown. <laughs> when you go when they were there. I think they got three or 400,000 people. They said it was better than Cooperstown. So, I mean, that's the kind of work they do at the Reagan Library, you know, and they really take care of, the, like, the speakers, and, you know, they, they, they're, they're always doing something different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's amazing. And you said that starts uh, June 4th, and it runs till after? So the preview is June 4th. The actual... Well, the public's invited is June 6th. Saturday, oh. June 6th, will be open to the public okay. for eight months until after the 2016 Super Bowl, they said. Excellent. Excellent. Cool. What else What else you got going on, Bob? Anything? Uh, anything? Well, not much. We're, we're just, uh, you know, I've just been doing a lot of work with the IBA, and um, I've been doing some interviews about Johnny Tappy and different things, you know, like that. But, I mean, just, I'm always busy. You know, Keith, I like it because like, I'm always doing something different. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, it's it's fun and I'm on the phone a lot, and uh, I just in, in the fourth quarter, I'm enjoying my life. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, having fun. That's great, brother. And uh, you know, and when the um, I I really enjoyed. You know, it was great. I, you know, I never knew my wife was really thought the world of you, Keith. And I, you know, I had no idea you were an artist. I mean, some of your art is really good. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, I just thought you were a sports uh, host and a very good one. But I, you, you're a multi-talented person. You, you got a lot of different gigs going on, which I like. You know? Well, thanks, thanks, Bob. Uh, you know, it uh, it was pleasure, and, and uh, you know, your your wife, uh, like I said, his her art is is amazing, is amazingly, and uh, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, we should uh, get her get, get her in here to talk about you know the things she's done over the years too, because she's quite an interesting person, and she's she's lived a, a pretty wonderful and exciting life. Yeah, but you know, you know, Keith. As long I've always said, I tell young people, you know, I try to help a lot of young guys. Do what you like doing. Mm-hmm. It's not how much money you make. Do then it's not work. You know, you understand what I'm saying? If you're doing, I've I've been very blessed. God has blessed me that I've always been able to do what I like. You know, I worked in. I loved baseball all my life, and I've worked in it all my life. I've loved boxing. I've worked in it all my life. You know, I've loved sports. I've worked in it. I loved the movie business. You know, and I and I was fortunate to be in that. You know, so it's like, it's like I've I've been blessed to be able to do, and that therefore it's not work. Does right. that make sense? Right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I would if I would love what you're doing. You know, <laughs> interviewing different personalities and all the characters you meet, and uh, you know, having uh, Sweet Tooth on there, and uh, is he on tonight, Sweet Tooth? He will be on at nine twenty. You know, I, I want you to know that I'm the guy that gave AD the name Sweet Tooth. You know that, <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know that everybody calls him that now. <laughs> I, I used to see him. I'd go to an SC game and I'd see him, you know, far away, and I and all these mo- people are mobbing for autographs and everything, and I'd yell, "Sweet Tooth!" And he would, he would just shot. He would stiffen up and turn around because he knew it was me. But now everybody's taking that. You know, we're, we're actually making him a little thing on his on his. On his, uh, sh- they're embroidering in a, a tooth, and it's going to say "sweet tooth" on his on his uh, lapel. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's hilarious, especially if uh, if you know the story behind it. <laughs> oh, I know, yeah, absolutely. But you know what we're trying to do? I mean, I I, I want to see you know him. Like I said, what Brian Kennedy did with those billboards was fantastic. You know because. 
you know, people forget what this guy did. You know, they it's so easy to forget the past, you know what I mean? Right. And, and it's like it almost reminded everybody of what he's done, you know what I mean? I mean, if you think about what this guy really did, you know, I mean, a multi-talented player that single-handedly, you know, with, if there's AD, there's no AD, there's no 72 national championship team, and there's no 74 national championship team, right. you know what I mean? And there's no three baseball national championship. He was on five national championship teams, you know, so... It's like, you know, that doesn't happen if there's no AD, you know, and that's, and people seem, you know, but I think it's kind of been brought out now, you know what I mean? So, and well, I'm it's interesting happy. because, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, myself included, a lot of us have assumed uh, that, you know, his jersey was retired or he was in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. And, and you know, it's, it's when you find out these things, these things haven't occurred, it's how, really surprising. Keith, how he is not in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame might be the, he, think about this. He played in three straight Rose Bowls. In the 1973 Rose Bowl game, I was there. Sam Cunningham scored four touchdowns, got the MVP, and they were like two-yard jumps. AD had 159 yards rushing, scored a touchdown. In the in the other Rose Bowl game, he threw a touchdown pass to J.K. McKay and 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 ran for a bunch of yards. And the other one, he got hurt, but he but he still played in. He was in three world, three Rose Bowls with two national championship teams, and the seventy three team, seventy two team is considered by football historians is they were never behind in the season, and they're considered the greatest team in football history in college, and one hundred and fifty nine yards rushing against Ohio State to win the national champ, six touchdowns against Notre Dame, yeah. in one game. You know, and then the the comeback game in '74, we had four <laughs> touchdowns in one game. You know, uh, you, did you did you hear the story that they published? That what I said in that book was hilarious. No. Yeah, there's this this book called Kickoff Concussion. That AD, right. did you did you get that book? Uh, no, I don't have it yet. This this writer interviewed me about the book, and the the guy actually put in what I said, which I don't even know if I can say on the air, but yeah. uh, I couldn't believe he actually published it. You know. So, you could say you could you could say exactly what you said. You want me to say it? What you want me to read it to you? Yeah, go ahead. I got the book right here. It's it was hilarious, and um, I couldn't believe I've had about fifty phone calls. People read it. The guy printed it. It's on page eighteen in this book. It's called Kickoff Concussion. It says uh, my friend Bob Case is a attended a ton of professional and amateur sporting events. Bob knows ballplayers, Bob knows boxers, Bob knows politicians, Bob knows entertainers, Bob knows women, too. Bob's everybody's friend. This guy is better connected than a stock of Legos. <laughs> when Bob talks to me about that 74 game, he says that being at the Coliseum was as if 100,000 people were participating in a sexual, certain sexual act at the same time. <laughs> I actually, I actually told the guy, uh, Bob, salt of the earth, you must understand. Other people who were there have described to me in a less graphic but equally enthusiastic. <laughs> I, printed that. I actually said it was like watching 100,000 people masturbate in sync. You know? <laughs> and, and the guy actually, now, I, I, can you imagine the idiot printed in the book? In the book? I mean, it was, it was off the charts. I, I couldn't believe this thing made the book. Well, you're, mean, you're, you're on the record, man. Oh, that's awesome, Bob. Well, hey, Bob, uh, it's always a great time to talk to you, man, and I uh, always enjoy having this chance to, to chat for a few minutes and uh, get your take on what's happening in the world of sports. 
it's great talking to you, Keith, and I, I always I always enjoy our chats, and uh, let's have I, I really enjoyed our lunch, so let's do it again. Absolutely, real soon, brother. Okay, God bless you, buddy. Thank you, you too. Bob Case, everyone, and you're listening to Swoopster on the Talk Star Radio Network. Peter showed up, so we have a chance to chat with him, so we go back for the break. I think he needs a little bit of the break before we, uh, we, get, we get rolling here. So this is Fat Reggae Dub Status. This is called Back to the Pad. Back after this. Class, I just smoked some gas. Holy shit, I graduated. How the fuck did I pass? Cause time shoots by like a star in the sky. And with this mic in my hand, yeah, that's how I'm passing by. You're hearing this because you found out that I write a story about my life simply one at a time. So now it's back to the pad again. Smoke out with my dad again. Someone hit up more cause I need myself a Heineken. Got a pack of bull, can't give it up at length. With no reason to be pet because this is a godsend. Back to smoking buns out hard. Cough, check my card. Questions about my life, what my music. It takes me far Because there's nowhere I'd rather be Chilling with my friends in the city by the sea Cause there's nowhere I'd rather go With a one-way ticket on my way back to home So now Southern California where the music's always pumping The party's always down and the bass is always thumping So bump up the music and turn it up loud Rolling through your town, we be raising up a crowd Standing up tall in this life that I'm living Thrown into a pond and now I'm the fish that's swimming In a fucking abyss Cause you're taking away from every person that I'm missing And you're thrown into a situation Surrounded by Christian So it's telling me the road to take Make no mistake, I've got to make my grand escape To find the truth, no person can tell me what to do Cause I'm telling you how the fuck it is Cause this Christian religion, church affiliation All of these are nothing that I'm used to But my open-mindedness is like a weapon that I can't use There's nowhere I'd rather be Chilling with my friends in the city by the sea Cause there's nowhere I'd rather go With a one-way ticket on my way back to home So now Southern California where the music's always pumping The party's always down and the bass is always thumping So bump up the music and turn it up loud Rolling through your town, we be raising up a crowd Hi, this 
is Sugarland here for Rad, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. Music is one of the most important things in our lives, but nothing is more important than life itself. Music lives, and so should you. Please plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Look for a little ride. Now you can share the topics that drive the discussions of your favorite talk shows with TalkStream Live's topic-driven talk radio. we got to talk. Let's take a drive. List and promote real-time talk radio topics or post the topics that you want to hear. Hot topics are tweeted and retweeted and include simple click-to-listen audio links. The future of talk radio is topic-driven talk radio. Well, that's what I call real drive. Available now at TalkStreamLive.com. Talk Story Radio. I'm Joey. I'm Robert. I'm Dennis. And I'm Ellen. And we're yeah, it's, it's Okay! okay. We're and listening to Swoon's World! And welcome back to the show. <laughs> Late night. Uh, we want to thank Bob Case for joining us. And uh, and uh, it's always fun to talk to Bob. Peter's here. I'm in the house. In the <laughs> How's it going, man? How's your week? It's going all right. It's going all right. And, uh, you know, Monday was a holiday, so that was kind of cool. I had a busy weekend, so I took Monday off. Nice. Yep, that was nice. And, uh, and then my kid won an award. To high school there, and he, uh, what's it called? Something like Award of Excellence or something like that. It's the highest honor that Polly gives, and they generally don't give it to uh, the high school, doesn't give it to uh, freshmen. It's usually kind of one of those things that goes to you know upperclassmen. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, but his math teacher's been digging him, and he's literally hasn't lost. A point. He's he's literally got a hundred percent for the whole year. Hasn't on, on homework, test, anything is not uh, uh, given up a point. So he's got an A plus, and so the teacher, you know, recognized that. So he got uh, he got uh, a little award, which was cool. That's cool, cool. especially as a freshman. You know, it's cool to. Uh, it's near the end of the year, but it's cool to to have a good year in your first year, right? You don't want to. Well, start off the right way, and he has so good for him. And so, as a result, we uh, rewarded him with uh, he let him choose where he wanted to, which we should have given him a little bit of parameters. But, uh, it all worked out. We had a good meal, and uh, and his girlfriend also, the smart kid, got uh, freshman also got uh, an award as well. So we took her as well. Nice, so nice, nice. It was nice. It was, uh, you know, but you know those family dinners. <laughs> Yeah, you walked in here like you just got molested or something, uh, man. You look, yeah. you look beat up. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Oh, good, 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 good. Well, you survived it. You're, you're here. And you got a beer in your hand. Good life is good. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is you know couldn't really uh, 
had to drive, had to use yeah. in the car, had to come here. I couldn't get stupid. I couldn't take a cab. I had to, like, be had to be a responsible adult. That was part of the problem. It was definitely part of the problem. Everybody, I was trying, else, everybody uh, else got to be irresponsible, and I had to be the responsible adult. I was trying to steer you astray Saturday, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the life of your way was having none of it, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, we are we are just a few minutes away uh, from Bruce. Actually, we should be starting it right about now. I, I say we give uh, we give T Bone like uh, one break, and then if, right. uh, if he's not here, we'll go ahead and get rolling. Right, we'll, 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 we'll queue up the the, the beers, and uh, if he gets here, he gets some. All right. Well, well, let's do that. Let's take a quick break. This is Satellite Sky, and uh, we'll be right back with, with Brewskies. This is called uh, Got This Feeling. Back after this.
Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at five to give dad his medicine. At six, I make his breakfast. At seven, I shower. Every day I wake up For those caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. I'm Kim Kicks. And I'm Pete Kicks. And we're Satellite Sky. And if you're looking for a place to find a great beer, make sure you come to... Sweeps World Radio. It's rockin'. It's time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops World Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Well, happy Wednesday, and uh, welcome to the most important part of the show, the part where we officially drink beer. Tonight we are drinking one, uh, I'm pretty sure we've had something by these guys, it seems vaguely familiar. Uh, but, you know, all that beer I drink may have gone to my head. Yeah. And Bootlegger's Brewery, and what we're drinking tonight is their uh, Black Double IPA to celebrate their seventh anniversary. And I was trying to get something on, on uh, the old computer here to give me a little, because the label doesn't give me a whole lot. Uh, give me just a moment here. <laughs> Yo, baby, come on. Uh, maybe not. Not gonna happen. Doesn't look like. Anyhow, it. This is a black double IPA. The label gives us not a whole lot of information, but it does tell us that there's 8.2% alcohol, which is awesomeness. We love that. And okay, these guys are they're in Fullerton. Yeah. Uh, so they're local to us. Anyhow, and nope. I'm not going to get anything. So, we're just going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. We're going to have to taste this shit and see if it's good. So Sounds there you good. have it. Let's pour it up. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Yeah. T-Bone's missing out. I'm sure he'll catch up, though. Although, in case any of you out there were wondering, Mr. Bone is now yeah. married. And he's probably still a little hungover, I bet. <laughs> no, I had training today. And he had he did the, he did choreography. Oh, choreography. we're gonna talk about yeah, all that. Right. Exactly. Salute. Salute. I think 
you're up first. That is tasty. Uh, as has been my experience, most black IPAs are a little bit on the sweet side. Um, and not like sweet beer, but more like sweet in the way, like creamy, like the way, mm -hmm. uh, like a, like a uh, cream stout. Stout, exactly. Uh, and so that kind of comes across on the palate as a, as a sweet flavor, um, but with a sharp, you know, um, chocolatey flavor almost in the background. I'm liking it. It's This is one of those that... Uh, as we say many times, is is one you share. It's a bomber you share with a friend because this is not a drink all day. This this will uh, fill you up. With uh, I think uh, it's it's a heavy, full, just uh, black night double IPA. I mean, I think they named it just right. It's this is night. This is this is mm, you know and, and you know like. Night, like in Lord of the Rings night. Frodo <laughs> being attacked by dark forces night. You know, this is a, it's a big, 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 giant, really giant beer uh, between the hops and the, and the caramel and the, uh, and the, uh, those cream stout flavors. So I like it. Well made, I think. Uh, but uh, definitely one you're going to need to share with a friend or, or have one and be done because he, you're not you're not gonna drink this all day. No, this this is a this is a great tasting beer. Um, just like you said, it kind of gives you that feeling of a uh, of the uh, the big stouts. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really really smooth. It's almost got uh, a bit of a porter because porters are a bit sweeter than stouts. It's almost. But it's got that that across the tongue taste mm -hmm. of, of like a like a Young's. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but. I tell you what, the even the even the head on this thing is is tasty, oh, yeah. and I usually kind of you know kind of get past all that. But uh, it's a good tasting beer, and, and it's a meal. Yeah, like you <laughs> said, you can't you can't sit back and and plow through a bunch of these you no, know all no. day long. But uh, yeah, they're 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 this is for uh, <laughs> what's that old lawn brow? It's kind of special for <laughs> beer we're poor. Must say something more somehow <laughs> tonight. <laughs> you just want to share with friends, just yeah. like you said. It's a it's. It's a really good taste beer. And it's the seventh anniversary, huh? So it's a yeah. something something special. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice. I like it. Eight or two. What are you gonna give it, man? It's got a one to ten. Well, I'm gonna I'm a it's one of those crazy made up categories that there is actually we've tasted others in that category. So I'm gonna judge it against that as opposed to our, our normal IPAs that we like. Because Otherwise, they just—they don't even—they're incongruous. They don't—they just can't even compare. Uh, and so, given that fact, I'm gonna say this is probably a. Whew, I'm gonna say a seven. Eh, I'm gonna go with an eight. I think it's an eight in that category. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, you're 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 a little more precise than me. I I would probably give it an eight, just plain on uh, right out the gate. Uh, but like you said, uh, it, it does fit a, a very specific category. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 an. It's not like most of the double IPAs. We we generally drink a lot of double IPAs, right. and it's not like most of them. It's no. a black double IPA, which which we've talked about. It's a made up. It's a made up deal, um, but it all is. So, um, I think we got a born on date here. Nice. When was it? Four twenty one. All right, not too so bad. Not so long. Pretty mm -hmm. fresh. So yeah, I think it's a good beer. It's uh, it's a tasty beer. 
Um, I know you're gonna ask me what we would eat with this. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, we both gave it the score, so. We'll, we'll, oh right, we didn't do the score. You gave it an eight. I give it an eight. Yeah, pretty sure that average is <laughs> out tonight. Yeah, it's easy. For, we don't even need T-bone. We don't even need T-bone. I didn't show up. It's <laughs> <just> <laughs> been a waste of time. <laughs> um, this beer, to me, like, like, I just came from a, a, a nice dinner. And I skipped the dessert, and I had a double espresso. This, I could have skipped the dessert, and I could have had this. Yeah. To me, that's what this is. And and I, I know not everybody likes their uh, their desserts to be a little bittersweet, but I do. Uh, this fits that. This is a perfect thing. This beer would probably go great with like a uh, like a chocolate mousse, a chocolate souffle, something. Right. Chocolatey, but with a bite—not not sweet chocolate, but more the dark chocolate, the bitter chocolates. This would probably go very nicely with that. So if you want to go that route, it, this has also got enough hops in it. I think you could probably definitely uh, run with, say, you know, uh, a steak smothered in like sautéed onions. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, liver, liver and no, onions. Liver and onions Holy shit, yeah. this would go great. <laughs> liver and onions. Uh, so think along those lines. That's it's as big and heavy, um, it, but it, it's gonna it's gonna need those kinds of flavors to really stand out. Um, you know, you mentioned the, the like the souffle and stuff like that. That's probably about one of the you know the, with the bitter chocolate. That's probably the only type of dessert it would go with. It wouldn't go with anything like a, a creme brulee. No, 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 no. It's no, gotta no, be. No, it's gotta be something. Yeah. Molten. Yeah. Exactly. Chocolate or or you know that was it the, the sometimes called the flourless. Uh, yeah, those flower chocolate. The ones that are so dense. Dense. Yeah. You know, again, uh, if you would drink coffee with it, like an espresso with it. Then this would probably go with it, and because yeah, you're right. It wouldn't go with it wouldn't go with your, you know, your parfait or your maybe a chocolate cheesecake, but even then, probably not. Um, and certainly, I'd go with like a key lime. Or, no, 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 no. So that'd be big and big and liver and onions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you have it, man. Another edition of Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. Go there, join the Beer of the Month Club. They'll send you a big box of beer each week. Twelve beers, four different breweries. That means three bottles apiece. And you also uh, help out the show a little bit when you do that. So uh, we thank you for that. We are going to take a quick break, come back, and uh, we'll be talking to Anthony Davis here in just about five minutes. You are listening to Swoops World on the Talk Story Radio Network. And this is, I think we played that, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Tyrone Wells and the bird sings. The sunshine came out today And it's shining all over the world Shining all over the world the sunshine came out today And it's shining all over the world On every man, woman, boy and girl And it sure feels fine When the sunshine shines It warms your skin And your soul within And the birds sing Poor man and a millionaire, both 
sharing the old tree shade, not stressing over money made. Preacher and the atheist, both jumping in the ocean waves. Today they both feel safe, and it sure feels fine when the sunshine shines. It warms our skin, and your soul within, and the birds sing. heart high blood pressure is serious and if you think i'm just gonna keep ticking away you're wrong i can quit whenever i want but i like my job just treat me better maybe we can do some exercise on occasion after all we're in this together don't let your heart quit on you high blood pressure can lead to a stroke heart attack or death get yours to a healthy range before it's too late find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure a message from the american heart association the american stroke association and the ad council Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Let TalkStream Live transform the way you listen to radio. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is John Gannon, and I just had the greatest time on Swoop's World here.
Welcome back to Swoops on the Talk Show Radio Network. Peter, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, Audible.com real quick. Well, Audible.com is this cool service where you can download books, over 250,000 titles. You can listen to all sorts of good stuff, lots of bestsellers. There's like about a bajillion uh, spy uh, sniper novels. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of uh, science fiction recently. Something for everyone. Uh, a lot of great talent reading these books. Some of the more popular books will have like multiple uh, readers, you know, reading the male and female parts and and, and music and all that. So it, it's an entertaining way to listen to your book as you're in the car, as you're working out, as you're at the gym, as you're folding laundry, drowning out kids, whatever it is you need to do. Uh, if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld and sign up, your first download will be free. Uh, if you go that route, the show will earn a few pennies, so help us out. And uh, there's some good books out there. And they have, and they have lots of cool different um, plans. You know, if you're once a month, I've, I've upgraded to whatever the maximum is, the platinum thing. Uh-huh. You're going through a lot of them, huh? Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually listening to more books than I actually read. read it's, uh, it, it's, it's so easy to fall into that. Well, man. because I got, you know, I got kids, and I'm doing those types of things where, like, got five minutes i'm standing around i'm bored shitless and like i can sit here and like look at facebook which i don't do or i can plug in my put in the earphones and listen to five minutes ten minutes of a book or when i drive anywhere if the kids aren't in the car yeah i'm with you man because i'd rather listen to a book than listen to music and so i am i'm actually listening to more books than i'm reading same here man And and i've gone through more books the last few months and i've done them through the last I don't, know, I don't know, six or seven months reading, you know, yeah. actual reading. So it's it's been great, man. It's been great. And I can get through a lot of books. And some books I, I still, you know, want to hold and read and flip the pages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, there are some that I just go, you know what? I, I want it. I want I want uh, this book, but I don't know that I'd sit down and read it. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, that's kind of been a lot of ones I've picked more, more recently um, and that are not sniper books. <laughs> but that's what I did. Let's give AD a call, man. I'm sure he's waiting to hear from us. Good evening. We'd like to welcome our good friend and colleague, Anthony Davis, to the show. Anthony Davis is a five-time national champion in football and in baseball over at USC. He's a two-time All-American, also a retired professional athlete to play played in the NFL and the CFL and the US, uh, WFL. Uh, welcome back to the show, brother. How you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. You're always doing good, doing okay. man. I know you. You're living the life, brother. <laughs> have, to, have to. Hey, let's just jump into it. You, you and I, and Peter here, we've talked uh, a lot, uh, quite a bit over the last uh, year or so about uh, these guys in the NFL and the behavior and things that have been going on. And you've been calling it. You said, you know, they're going to protect the brand. And, uh, you know, they're tired of this stuff. And this week, uh, Ray McDonald, who played for the 49ers, picked up a one-year contract with the Bears, already had a history, uh, got arrested for a domestic violence, and the, the, the Bears released him the same day he got arrested. We didn't see that in the past, man. First of all, this is what I believe is going to happen down, down in the future. The NFL has been getting beat up so much off the, off the field stuff, the behavior, 
Adrian Peterson, Ray Rice, now this, and all these other clowns running around out there. I believe what they're going to do, they're going to start checking these guys in their freshman years. And if they find some disturbing situations, yeah, you can play through your four, your, your years in college, but hey, when it comes to draft time, they might not even, they're not going to even draft you. They're not going to waste your time. You know, a lot of you might be a reference in Canada, but they're not going to play that down because the NFL is going to protect their shield. They protect their money. But they're not going to have sponsors pulling away from them, local sponsors in their local areas, because you got some knuckleheads on your team that can't follow rules and, 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 and then realize that they got some serious bylaws on the NFL. Yeah. They're not going to play that. They're going to put you to the side. They don't care how good you are. Like I've always told you, they got guys walking the street to play in the National Football League. If the myth goes that these guys, well, there's a lot of guys playing that. There's a lot of guys on, on these practice squads that can play. So there's guys that they wave that can play, okay? And, they, and, and, and they're going to make examples out of everybody. If you get out of line, you're gone. And, and they might start a no-tolerance policy with the NFL, depending on what you're doing. You know, stay off speed, stay off the weed, <laughs> slapping these people around. Don't hang out at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning drinking. Oh, I was just going on. What are you doing out after 12 anyway, especially if you're responsible and you got a guy that's supposed to play for a team that they expect paying you millions of dollars and they expect you to be ready to put the product on the field on the, on the weekend. Right. Come on. One of the one of the things, you like you just mentioned, uh, you know, they're going to probably be tracking these guys from an early age. I, and I, I think you're right. And I think what's going to happen is a guy might have a great collegiate career, but if he's, 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 he's got you know, a little history of stepping out. Uh, stepping outside the lines here and there along the way, he's going to get. He's going to get overlooked in the draft. Period. I mean, we we've, we've heard stories about guys drop their draft stock, their draft stock dropping, but I think they're just going to just flat out overlook some guys uh, in the future. Hey, first of all, I just believe what's going to happen is that if you if you start a track record, they're going to end that track record with them. They're just going to start looking at another prospect. Might not be as good as you, but you're good enough. You know, I mean, they're not, they're not going to risk their brand anymore because as it is, the NFL is, is like the NBL, league, the National Bad, Bad League Boys. Yeah. You see, so, I mean, that's, that's where it is. And everybody's like, man, well, they got a great problem. But, you know, they got some knuckleheads in the league. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this, and you will get some response, but I'm going to say it anyway because, you know, I tell it the way I feel to shoot from anyway from the hip. The bottom line is, is these brothers, that most of them getting in trouble off the field. Right. And that's appalling. Do you guys remember what, how it was like when I was playing? We were playing in the 70s and 60s. You couldn't do anything wrong. And you guys are doing that today? I hope some of you guys are listening because I will talk about you. You, you, you're just gonna, you're just gonna, you're gonna just call it like it is, man. I mean, uh, these guys, uh, like you said, uh, you know, a lot of guys went through a lot of stuff to, to make it, uh, make it possible for a lot of these guys to play, and make the kind of money they're making, and enjoy the lifestyle they're living, and uh, they're just kind of shitting on it. Absolutely, I don't get it. I wish I could have a forum where I can talk to them. I know Herm Evers does that. They don't want me up here talking about. It. I'll strip them. I'll talk them on them dad. <laughs> I'm gonna... You know, and as it is, you know, and the only guy outside of me that I've heard talk talk straight for the shoot, shoot for shoot gun, uh, six gun, is Stephen A. Smith. He'll talk about you, and and he, and, he, and you know, and he calms it down when he's on ESPN talking about it, because I know he can get tougher than that. But he's the one that tells it like it is. Yeah. So I like about him. I, I enjoy I enjoy Stephen A. myself. 
we're going to bounce around some sports tonight, man, because I, I, I don't want you to get too comfortable here. I, mean, I like to jump around a little bit. Do you follow, te- right. you follow tennis at all? Well, not much. Well, maybe this this is actually not truly about tennis, but it happened on tennis court. You know, uh, the other day uh, Roger Federer is playing in this this big match, and and some fan gets on the, gets on the court after he, after his match, and uh, jumps up next to him and is trying to get a picture. And uh, there's no security around, and, and you can see you can see the look on Federer's face. He's a little nervous. Uh, I mean, just a few years back, Monica Sellis got stabbed on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you would think uh, in situations like this, uh, in, in, in these events, uh, with you know players on the field or on the court or wherever they're at, there should be some security there, and just nobody should be able to get that close to an athlete that's out there doing this job. Well, I saw Federer, I saw that incident, stuff like that, and you're right, security. Should, you know, the guy that ran up to me, <laughs> he'd have got try. I tried to knock him out, but I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you were, that's a, he's a tennis player, man. First of all, what are you doing on the field? He'd have got knocked out if he came on the football field yeah. with me. But more than anything, but you're right. The federal, he, he was concerned. I saw that. I saw the clip of that on television. Yeah. And the security was awful. This guy trying to take a picture. This clown jumps on the, on, the, on the court. He's trying to take a picture with the guy. Where's the security? Right. That's that's unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. That's really appalling. I, yeah. Think about it. Think about that. <laughs> and, and, you know, and the thing is, is uh, you know, a lot of these sports, uh, the fans are so close up to the action. I mean, basketball, uh, you know, even, even baseball. You know, football is a little bit more difficult. But, uh, you, know, you know, you talk about uh, tennis and basketball and even golf. You know, they're just, walk, they're just lining, the, lining the fairways there. You know, any, anything can happen. So you would think that they, uh, they would have had the precautions uh, set up for something like that. And especially when you got a guy, I mean, you know, it shouldn't happen to anybody, but you got a guy who's probably, you know one of the top ten players in the world. Uh, I know he was number one for a long time. I don't know if he still is, but you'd think that uh, they'd have had that stuff locked down, man. First of all, the world's getting crazy now. I think I think you need to have ad security. There's all with the social media and everything going on. Everybody wants to be a star. Everybody wants to be seen. Everybody wants to take pictures with the celebrity. The whole deal. In a lot of ways, it's out of control. Everybody needs to beef up the security everywhere in all these sporting events because everything's out of control now. Yeah. They have to do it. Spend the extra money to do it. You're always making me. You're already making millions of dollars. Just spend a few more, few more thousand to uh, have executed there. If you're going to breathe trying to get to a court of football, a field of golf, you're going to get slapped down and grabbed and, and, and grabbed by the neck so you won't get on the field on the court. We uh, we know uh, we we've talked uh, in the past. I know your feelings on on, uh, on uh, different guys in different sports and punishments and whatnot. But uh, today, uh, I want to get your thoughts on the fact that A Rod has just moved to third all time on the RBI list. I don't even think about him. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion. I just don't. I just don't think about him. I just think that uh, I know we lived in a steroid era. Guys have done it. They still don't make it right. I mean, you know, I have. A, I, there's a sacred place for guys like Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and all those guys who did what they did. I mean, I, he, even it, it it makes me cringe when I hear they mention him in the same breath with his accomplishments. I say, okay, he played a long time. He has some talent, but based on the rules, hey man, you're taking dope. I don't have room for dope thing, even though you're talking about recruiting. As far as I'm concerned, you're a dope thing. You, 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 you had an edge. 
among, amongst your best your peers. And I'm not saying he's the only one of those guys. I'm sure there's other people taking it. He just he got caught. And the bigger the name, the bigger the spotlight. Right. And I just I just resent the fact that they even mentioned his name in the same breath. And it's like the commentators that talk about it is like, well, 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 he didn't do nothing. It was just it's okay. He took the dope. He lied about it. You know, he embarrassed me. He went after the Yankees. He went after Major League Baseball and all the rest of them. I mean, come on. You know, go somewhere and hide or just coast your career on out. What? Uh, Dr. Clemens, Clemens is trying to do that. Paul Merrill's trying to do that. Mark McGuire's trying to do that. I don't know what Bonds is doing. You know, maybe he's never tested positive. There's some strong evidence that he might have taken some stuff, but, I mean, you, you didn't prove it. But still, is he in that category? Well, I don't know because he, he, he hasn't been caught. But the bottom line is, when you mentioned Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and all those kind of people like that that pedigree, I don't think they should be mentioned the same breath with those guys. That's the kind of respect I have. And then not only me being a former guy who played in Major League Baseball, uh, the fact that it's an insult to anybody played the game, you got to take some enhancing drugs to, to, to get an edge on your, on your on your counterparts. What one of the things, and and yeah, I, I get where you're coming from, and but one of the things you know that I've I've always said, uh, and we've talked about it here, and I've talked about it with you, the, you know, the Major League Baseball, in my opinion, they 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 hold, they hold some responsibility here because when uh, when you know after the strike after the strike year and, and attendance was down and and uh, viewership was way down. Um, and anyway, we had the big, the big season with, um, uh, Manny and, uh, was it, uh, no, um, uh, what's it? Sosa. Uh, yeah. Yeah, McGuire and Sosa. Everybody knew, everybody knew that, you know, these guys were, were juiced up and, but you know, it was, it was bringing excitement back to the game. Uh, you know, they were knocking the ball out of the park. People were paying attention, you know, had the whole nation basically on edge that whole season. And, uh, you know, I think that Major League Baseball looked the other way. And then they looked the other way for a number of years. And now they, you know, they come down, you know, like they're holier than down now. And I think people forget. And I'm not saying these guys d- deserve to get away with it. I'm just saying, you know, the Major League Baseball, they, 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 they share some responsibility in this. That's what everybody says, and I really haven't been in depth of what major book role Major League Baseball played in it. But obviously, a lot of people say that they knew all about it. But the fact that these guys are getting home runs, people can come out to watch that. Right. And the fact that they're in the same in the National League, and they're going head to head. So I don't know. I mean, is the National is the baseball responsible for that too? Well, everybody I talk to says that's what happened. And they knew what was going on, but still, like I said before, just because because they, they they allowed it, don't mean it's right. No, it doesn't mean it's right. I'm just my my point is 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 you know they already come down really hard on the players as as and well they they may deserve that, I but I, I don't like the fact that the league acts like you know you know they're above the above the fray. When it was obvious, I mean everybody who watched the sport, everybody who watched these guys play, was saying. You know, hey, this is great. They're hitting all these home runs, but look how much bigger these guys are. And anyway, we, we were supposed to believe it was Andrelstein Dion or whatever. Mark said he you know, had this thing, which probably sold off the shelves at GNC like crazy the next week. Uh, it was obviously these guys were you know, juiced up, and uh, you know, these guys were, you know, 
all, all bulked up compared to what they looked like a few years earlier. Uh, and, and it was no shock. The average guy could tell you, or the average fan could tell you that they were using. And you can't tell me the professional, the league, the, the the commissioner of the league, and all these other people couldn't tell. Uh, and I, that's why I say it's obvious they looked the other way. And, I, and you see this a lot in in, uh, in all all types of industry where where things are going on and things look good for a while. You could say, and then you find out. It's like the FIFA's in trouble now. I mean, FIFA, you know, uh, the the soccer thing. Apparently, these guys are accepting bribes over the years to where they place the World Cup and whatnot. And you, all these people are saying, you know, th- this has been known for a long time, and it, and everybody's looked the other way along the way. Can't hear you, Ad. Can't hear you. Shame on if they did yeah. that. If they've known this for years and allowed it to go on, it's a shame on them. I guess it was getting so dirty they had to do something. Right. They had to, and the guess it was obvious. I think I think it was some situations with some people getting threatened if they were going to, you know, blow the whistle and stuff like that. Well, shame on them because because it, it overspilled. They boiled over the pot because there's a lot of dirty guys according to the to the reports and, and according to the indictments. I tell you, but it's been going on for 20 years. That's some, unbelievable. We, uh, you and I talked uh, earlier this week, and uh, I didn't know that the uh, the Rams owner is involved with this. But uh, you were you were telling me that he's and he's kind of tied in because uh, we you know we were talking last week about him wanting to bring the Rams here. He's in a good position. He owns the land. He can, he has the money to build the stadium and whatnot. But then on the other news front, non sports news front, the last couple of weeks or maybe a month or so has been this whole uh, uh, the Clinton Foundation and where the money's been going with that. And, and, and there was some talk about misappropriation mis, uh, that has to do with uh, Haiti relief. And uh, my understanding from you is that somehow the uh, Rams owners tied, tied into this. I think he's tied into one of the. One of the three corporations, I don't know, the other two corporations, some about how they promised the Haitians so many jobs and it didn't happen or whatever. And it was, it was brought to my attention because of the, you know, the, the, the Ram situation being it, which I, I think is most viable for a person to be here. But, I, you know, there's been a lot of talk about that what happened in Haiti is not really happening through this corporation. I'm sure if he's aware of that, I'm sure he's doing something about it. But uh, that's the word out. If I was him, I would make sure that's straight so I won't be tainted with that. If it is something going, I would straighten all that out right away because those Haitian people are suffering down there from that earthquake and stuff like that. And they were promised certain things. He should get to the bottom of it. That's all I was really saying. That's what everybody was talking about. You don't think that's going to affect uh, his ability to, to, to move forward with whatever plans he has or, or uh, to remain the owner of the team or anything? No, I don't, I don't think so. But, but still, you know, I don't think that affects him at all because, I mean, you know, all indicates that man's had a clean reputation over the years. He's been he's been pro to Rams, pro NFL, been a great owner. It just that he just got to clean that up. If there's some if there's some dirt there, he's got to clean it up. And I think he'll do that. But you know he doesn't need that kind of talk going around because you know he's a good guy. Right. On another note, we uh, recently we talked about um, Brittany Griner in the in, in WNBA. Uh, <laughs> she did get she did get a seven game suspension. Now I, I want to get your comments on this here. It said uh, previously she said she would not appeal her seven-game suspension for domestic violence incident involving her partner and fellow player Gloria Johnson. However, other WNBA players told her it could set a precedent if she does not appeal. 
So it sounds like she's going to appeal now. You knowing how player associations work and whatnot, what kind of precedent does it set if she doesn't appeal? I don't believe that. Look, if you got caught and you did that and there's a report behind it, they know you did it, sit your game, take, take, take your punishment. Sit the seven games out. Don't try to appeal something like that. If you know you did it and you admitted doing that, why are you trying to appeal it? Right. I mean, come on. I mean, you don't do that. So you, 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 you jumped on your partner, you take the punishment. Take the seven games. Take whatever the league gives you, okay? That's my advice to her. And, that, and, and I don't know who's telling her that. But you don't need to peel anything because you're a part of domestic violence. You take your seven game. It's like the men are taking whatever what's going on with them. Hell, they're putting the guys out of the league now. <laughs> so you better take your seven game. If you do it again, they might put you out of the league. Right. <laughs> That's true. What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts uh, before we wrap things up? What are your thoughts on uh, Peterson? Uh, is, is he has uh, he been welcomed back uh, with open arms from the uh, Vikings or? What's going to happen there? I mean, Adrian should just get back into camp. He's not going anywhere. You can't break a contract. You can't do that. You've got three more years. There's no way you're getting out. Go on back. Men it up. You're a great runner. you got great stats. you got a good quarterback now. Go on in there. Stop being selfish. You know, just go and play football. You're very lucky to be in the game. You're very privileged. Even though it's a dangerous game, it's a great game. You know, go make your money. You got maybe two or three good years in you, and then go and go out to the sunset. So don't make it tough on yourself. Now you did it. The punishment's there. That's what happened. You can't do that. And plus, you know, you got what three or four of the kids you have to take care of. I mean, come on. Once you did that, you got exposed to the public. Right. Does you know, it... all your personal stuff came out. I mean, I think he has three other kids and three other women, something like that. I'm not even sure. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think three, that give me a jitters. <laughs> Am I being generous on that? I think give me a jitters on that. I, I, I don't quote me on it, but I think you might have twice that many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, the, see, the, bottom, the bottom line is, you know, just, pe- pe- just true conscientious people out there, when they know that you have that and you have three different women involved with three of the kids, I mean, first of all, how can you be a, you know, you got to be a proper father. And, good, and thank goodness you, he has the resources to take care of all those children. And so you, know, you got caught up in the web. Take, you know, take your medicine, go on out there and play and stuff like that. You can't buck the system like that. Come on. That's being defined to the shield, too. You got caught. You did something wrong. You know, and, and, and they perceived as being abused in the, in the Texas system. And you got caught. Right. I mean, why, why, why are you trying to take it out of Minnesota Vikings? You're the one that did it. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't get that kind of behavior and that thought process. I mean, I mean, you know, you know how it is. I don't know why these guys understand. Look, this is the billion-dollar club. These are 32 of the richest men in the world. They're not going to let you mess over their money. They're just not going to let it happen. They don't know how good you are. You know, you know, I don't care if you're Adrian Peterson, Jim Brown, Jim Thorpe, whoever it is. They're not going to let you sit around and let you get away with that, expect you. You know, look, they're not going to break and bend the rules. This would be a floodgate. Everybody wants their contract done. Everybody wants to be traded. Can't do that. Make the best of it. Make your own bed. You lay in it. Do you think, uh, as as a former running back, uh, does that does that year off help him or hurt him? Because I'm going to follow that up. Uh, the years that uh, uh, Al Davis had uh, uh, Marcus sitting on the bench seemed to extend his career as opposed to hurting him. Do you think? Uh, what do you, What are your thoughts on Adrian Peterson? Well, in this particular cat, you know, cat. I mean, he wasn't blessed with the, the greatest speed. 
mean, he was a great all the way around runner. He caught it, he blocked it, did all that kind of stuff. I don't think it really affected. It, 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 it varies from player to player. You know, some guys, to lay off a year, you can lose something. I, I frankly think, in Pearson's case, it helped, it helped him heal and, 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 and replenished his body mentally and physically. Where he, I think it's going to be fine for him. And you know, based on his mentality and his attitude, the way he runs, he runs like a madman. So I think he's going to be a roaring engine ready to get back out there. But now he's being clogged because he feels that the organization has done him wrong, which, which I totally disagree with that. Right. I mean, matter of fact, I mean, you'd just be glad you got off the way you did. I mean, you could have got banned from the you, – you, you could have been – because, look, back in my day, you'd have been out of football. That would have never happened. That would have happened back in the 70s. He's out of football. Right. <laughs> this is what you guys don't understand. I mean, you know, you have you know, you have some teams that are perceived renegade teams where they go, you know, like people thought George Alamed they they took all the the bad guys and you know, of the league and the Raiders and Al Davis are the second second chance guys, you know. Al Davis to me in my opinion, Al Davis is a genius. Al Davis, what you guys are seeing a guy, he he did, and that's why he was so successful in the, in the late sixties, early seventies, winning them championships. So Peterson, he needs to get in camp. He needs to do his thing. Be the horse he's always been. Be the premier runner in the league. If not, he's just going to tarnish himself, holding out. Well, as always, AD, you 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 don't hold back. You say it like it is, and uh, a lot of these guys need to listen to what you got to say, brother. With it's always a pleasure to have you on, and then we look forward to talking each week, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week, brother. Okay, thank you. Take care now. All right, thanks a lot, AD. Take it easy. You're listening to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. And uh, let's see what we got going on here. This is Cersei Lionheart. Back after this.
My name is Ruth Rusi, and this is how I live United. I read to children as part of United Way's education program. It helps them create links between language and literacy and prepares them for a better academic future. I figure I have the time and they have the need. My name is Ruth Rusi. I help kids prepare to succeed in school. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Hey, over here, behind the fence. Huh? You? The bike? Yeah, the bike. Here in the grass where the kids left me a while ago. Could you get the dust off my seat and remind the kids how fun I still am? Okay. Oh, you are dusty. I may need my spokes tightened, too. Let's go. As Native American parents and caregivers, our encouragement to healthy lifestyles for our kids is helping them get outside and play. Get ideas. Get involved. Get going at letsmove.gov slash Indian Country. Brought to you by USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Talk Story Radio. This is Doc Johnson. Gary Corman. And Alan Frank. We're the Heat, Heat Seekers, Seekers. And, and you're listening, listening to Swoop's World. Texas or something like that. Uh, welcome back to Swoops. Swoops World on the Talk Show Radio Network. And we're here at the newly married, the newly married <laughs> T-Boys in the house. hey Well, man, I, I, God, I was, I was so pissed off because I was going to do something. I was going to do it. I was going to get some cuts from, uh, <laughs> what's that? Dancing with the stars and have those guys do the, uh, <laughs> those guys with the accents talk about how well you did, but, uh, I, I, forgot, I forgot to get around to it. But you, uh, you, uh, you, uh, you had some choreographed, uh, moves out there, had man. Some moves. Yeah. And we played it, uh, we played it slow. You know, we started with the middle school sway for a minute to throw people off the scent just in case they assumed it was all going to be choreographed, but it was fun. We actually didn't have to do too much practice. <laughs> Thankfully, uh, otherwise I would have vetoed that shit. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I think that that was the only time that we did it from start to finish without fucking it up. So nice. all, all the times that we In practiced the moment, it, man. Yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. It was just, it all was that practice fun, for that man. one moment. I felt. I, I felt like I, I didn't step on her. I didn't pull her dress down. You know, didn't knock her over. That yeah. was a good thing. What was that? What was that? A uh, Disney show, or, or, or was it Gulliver's Travels? Where, where, where like, uh, they're all the little people. Gulliver's. Travels. Yeah, the Lilliputians. Yeah, I kind of felt like that, man. <laughs> everybody in there, everybody there was like giants. <laughs> there were a lot of large. People there. <laughs> Usually, I just got to contend with you two, man. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of beards, I noticed. Yeah, it's like a theme. Yeah. Oh, you mean actual beards? Actual beards. Actual beards. We went to the American Vintage Barbershop on Saturday morning. And uh, thankfully, my brother decided to have a beard because they didn't have time to do any more shaves. I was like, okay, good. Plus, yeah. Actually, I think the beard trim cost more than the shave for him. But I was like, whatever, dude. They don't have time for any more shaves. Like, you're keeping the beard. Uh, yeah, man. It was fun. It was good. It was good times. Was good times. Uh, yeah. mo- most importantly, was Ashley happy? Yes. That's yes. all that really matters. Yeah, that really <laughs> Whether you're happy or not, he's irrelevant. It's you know totally that. irrelevant. We have about 10 pounds of cake in the fridge still. So <laughs> she'll be happy for at Very least another cool. 24 hours. And a big chunk of meat. <laughs> um, 
No, that actually pretty much got plowed through <laughs> on, on Saturday night. That's good. You don't want too much of that left line. No, right? yeah, I, I would have killed myself. Like that would have. I'd be at the hospital. If I, had, if I had access to that whole thing. But uh, the only thing I was bummed about was that there were no ribs left for me. You went through the line first. I know. I got some at the beginning. I I couldn't eat anything anyway. Like I, I had. We actually had a little time to eat, and I was just like, I'm not, I'm not hungry at all. Right. How was that whole day, man? I mean, up until where you were, you just kind of. It was. It was fun, you know. Um, Thankfully, started off, started off with my first beer at like. Eight o'clock in the morning. All right, that there, helps. You go. there you go. Um, but I, I cooked up what was left of the ostrich egg in the morning. <laughs> uh, and then we went to the barber shop, had a few beers at the barber shop while we did the, the trims and whatnot, and then uh, went up to the hotel and started getting ready over in Redondo Beach. And I had like probably a half an hour where I was kind of pacing back and forth, and Sea Live was just like, dude. It's going to be okay. <laughs> this, this is a good thing. Talk to you off the ledge, huh? Right. Right. Cool. And then my dad came up, and then we were just kind of kicking it. So That's good. Uh, yeah, man. I managed to keep the tears to a minimum. And your mom, you, yeah, you lost it when your mom was talking. Mom, yeah. <laughs> that's when you, that's when the, uh, the, the floodgates started to dry, uh, oh, crank shit. open a little faucet a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you did good, man. It was, yeah. it was a good time, man. It was well, it was well done. Like, was, like Peter said, sure. it, was, uh, it was well done and, you know, just, and, and everything just kind of flowed. Just, you know, I mean, we got there and, you know, I got a, what did I do? I kind of wandered around trying to figure out where to put the big box and then, uh, <laughs> Once I got rid of that, I was good. And then uh, they said, oh, you know, head on down to the thing. And that's it. Boom, that was quick. And hey, I got to give J-Bro props, man, because the J-Bro that I know and mm-hmm. the J-Bro that was there. We're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Those are three different people. That was, that was uh, different. The, uh, the right Reverend Brocchini handled his business. He, he did, man. Business. He did. He handled it well. He did a great job. Yes, and, uh, you know, he, yes, he, he and the little things he threw in there and everything was just, oh, it was Yeah, awesome. and he wrote, I mean, he wrote. Yeah. And when the moms were getting a little, he, he kind of, like, moved them along. Mm-hmm. Didn't let them linger too long. Uh, but when, he wasn't rude about it. But when, he when I saw moment. When I saw Judy walk up with two pages. Like, <laughs> 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 All right, here we go. There we go. <laughs> then he, he told me after. He's like, no, dude, she, like, cut out whole paragraphs of that. She, she didn't read all of that. Oh, like, huh? That was good. It was and then good. my mom, you know, the gadget lady, she had it on her. <laughs> she had, she had it on the picture, man. Digital thing. So. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was, it was fun times, man. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, and then the music they had, they had something for everybody there. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was like, I was like, wow, that's that, that's this, and that's that, and that's I, that genre. That genre was great, man. <laughs> I remember at one point walking up to Tracy, she was just dancing by herself, <laughs> looking out over the ocean, <laughs> and I just started dancing with her. She's like, "This is my jam. This <laughs> <laughs> is my groove." <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> yeah, the photo booth. It was all good, man. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's, there wasn't a dull moment, man. And I just, I, I was trying to corrupt this guy, man. I was like, come on, have another run. Oh, I got to drive. Oh, oh. talk cab. Oh, I got to run. I was only, if I had to, if I had to, just a bit of a drive home. It wasn't one of those, like, straight drives. No, it was like, just far enough, though. And, and just and far enough, too. Yeah. That, <laughs> that road is a little hairy in its current it, state. It, yeah, yeah. Because we didn't come in that way, but when we went out, we went that way so See, on the coast. It was like 
yeah. To my to my advantage. In, in the daylight, you could see like there's a lot of stuff that's freshly paved right now. Yeah. Uh, there's been some tumult in that area in the last couple months. In my former life, I actually uh, had a little ch- ch- chase down that road. Down oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Did you get any air? Uh, there's a few places you get air in there, man. <laughs> you want to keep that to a minimum because you know, too you, much air will take you tail off the But I know I that, that, I know that route well. <laughs> Almost autopilot, but it had been long enough that it wasn't. <laughs> the thing is, is I'd been enough to enough of my wife's uh, weddings, you know, like her friends. Yeah. Like I was telling somebody, this is the first wedding I have gone to. That was one of my friends. <laughs> I kid you not, like at least 15 years or something. <laughs> one, because I don't have very many friends. Two, because I tend to have the friends that go, oh, well, we're now married. We went to Las Vegas. I didn't have those kinds of friends. I've had to go to a whole bunch of my wife's events. Which I reminded her of what, at one yeah. point. But, so that means that, you know, when I, I'm at your friends' events. That means I get to drink a little bit more. And if I drink too much, you have to drive home. So, you know, I was aware that I had I had, I had dragged her to uh, to one of my events, and so I had to I had to be responsible. I, was, you know, I, I took I took one for her at one point because we, yeah, we were we were doing a good time, and you could tell she's thinking, uh, all right, I'm ready to go. And she said, come on, let's go. And I go, no. And she goes, what? What? What are you saying? I said, I said, all the bullshit you drag him to. <laughs> <laughs> Which did not endear myself to her at that point. But I think I bought you another half hour. So. <laughs> hey, man, we closed it down. We're there at the end when, when you guys are like, you guys got to go. Because this place is shut down. That's right. You don't have to go home, but you got to leave here. <laughs> so I said, do you want to go over and we go? Over to I like, said that. I said let's go. Let's go for a nightcap. I said that to her too. Like, no, no, no. We have to go. That's what she. That's what she threw up. Down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we ended up. Going. Which is probably better because by the time I got home, I was just got home in time for everything to start kicking in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, well, if I had kid, if I didn't have kids, I'd have, I'd have pushed a little harder on that. I'd been like, let's, let's yeah. go. But yeah, I had little kids yeah. sitting at home, younger. We, kids we went to home. one one adult beverage establishment. After uh, we got back to the hotel, and then they shut down. The last call was at like eleven forty-five, and they were supposed to close at twelve. Um, but a few people showed up at like eleven fifty-nine, and so they they managed to convince the bartenders to serve them one more round. So we, we left there at like twelve fifteen, yeah. and then there was a real divey ass place like right across the street from where we were. <laughs> they had a band playing, and there oh, were probably cool. there were probably thirty of us. And there was probably room for like eight people. In there. <laughs> so we walked in. It was like yeah. usually wedding parties get a bre- get a get a get a break. It man. was it wasn't that they were like being dicks. Yeah, like they didn't say you got to pay money or not get in. They it, they're just that we weren't all gonna fit in. Yeah. <laughs> fire yeah. marshal. It was just not gonna happen. Fire marshal bail. Well, not even fire marshal. Just pure just physics. physics. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. A bunch of giants come yeah. wandering into the freaking bar. <laughs> I never felt so. I never felt so small in, in my life, man. <laughs> so we we took what was left of the the bubbly yellow keg, and we hoisted it up over the wall, uh, onto the patio of one of the first floor hotel rooms, and had a kegger till you know. There you go. I don't think we quite finished it. I know that. We called it quits at like two and said goodnight, everybody. Did Mrs. get her voice back yet? No, she has the laryngitis. <laughs> she can't talk still. Well, we're going to leave it. She's oh, like, <laughs> 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 but 
But it held out through the ceremony. So uh, that yeah? Was good. yeah. 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 Was it already? Uh, was it already starting to go? It was. Then? It was on the way out. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, so. She must have been stressed about that. Yeah. That, I mean, I think she stressed a little bit during the family photos afterwards, but other than that, it was like an hour before the ceremony. It was just you know, no more stress. <laughs> all the all the crazy shits over. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's all in the pipe, man. It's done. <laughs> and I, once she put her shoes on, I was like, "You're not running." <laughs> I'll tackle you. There's nowhere for you to go. <laughs> well, good times good, and, and congratulations, thank you guys brother. A lot for coming. Thank you for your gifts. Absolutely. Um, I already laundered both of them. <laughs> so, oh man, a lot of fun. Never going to do that again. <laughs> That's why when they ever give you advice, I said, I'm not going to give you advice. <laughs> no marriage advice for me, man. <laughs> Once is enough, for sure. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. So that was good times. Man. Oh, good, man. Excellent. Excellent. You, uh... We do, we do a little break. Are you ready to? Yeah, I need a break. I need to. I refill think this. we need to refill. I think we're all on the same page here. You are listening to Swoop Sword on the Talk Star Radio Network. This is Sister Speak, and this is called "Not a Minute Longer." Back after this.
to you on the highway. I sit in front of you on the bus. I'm one out of every six Americans, and I'm struggling with hunger. This isn't an uncontrollable epidemic. There's enough food in this country to feed every hungry person. Please, visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank. Every dollar you donate helps provide seven meals for those around you, quietly struggling with hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Sylvia, why won't you come back down? Welcome back to Swoops Road on the Talk Story Radio Network. DraftKings, man! Alrighty. If you are into fantasy sports, then you need to be heading on over to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings right about now because, let's face it, your fantasy team, if you're in fantasy basketball, fantasy hockey even, probably aren't quite where you want it to be at this time of year. But with DraftKings, you can hit the reset button anytime you want. You're a little bit too toasted? DraftKings, you get to start over. It's great times, man. Uh, weekly fantasy sports. Drafting is the fun part anyway. Go talk crap with all your buddies. And the best part is if you go to swoopsworld.com right now and click on that banner, or you go to swoopsworld.com slash DraftKings, you get a free entry into a big money giveaway contest. You can actually win money at this. It's not just like regular old fantasy sports where you just talk trash to your friends and you get some fake trophy on the internet, you can actually win, win real live American dollars and other currency that has actual value. So check it out. Draft Kings. Nice. For all your fitness needs, go to our good friend uh, Jack Nunn. He was here last week, and uh, he's got uh, all kind of cool stuff. He's got indoor rowing, boot camp, personal training, and much, much more. Located at 5750 Boathouse Lane in the great city of Long Beach, California. Go to www.rowworks, R-O-W-O-R-X.com, or give him a call at 562-688-1716. Let him know Swoops Roll sent you. And your first workout is free. (laughs) 
So, you know what? If you listen to the archive, it says your first week is free. You just let them know that, and your first week is free. But if you... Uh, no, you heard it on, on the archive. archive. <laughs> you know the rules. So you know how to play the game. That's right. <laughs> We're about time for a little bit of T-Bone's timeout. I'm sure he's got plenty to talk about other than... Uh, what do you got? Hockey, basketball, whatnot. Oh, uh, you know oh, that yeah. sound? It's time for sports with T-Bone's timeout. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's timeout. Well then, let's get down to sports. Been enough talk of other (laughs) shenanigans already. well, let's just start off by saying that the NBA Finals are now officially set. We have a matchup in place uh, after Cleveland quickly dispatched Atlanta. Uh, Golden State followed suit in short order, sending Houston Rockets packing, and now we've got the NBA Finals. Cleveland from the east, LeBron's uh, welcome home tour continues for at least a few more days. Taking on Golden State. Steph Curry and Co. Uh, in what I think is going to be a very entertaining finals matchup. I think it's a matchup the the NBA wanted. Oh, they were dreaming of it because they knew if they were going to have to deal with you know nobody wants you know professional sports executives do not want Cleveland in anything. You know it's it's not only is it it's, it's still part of flyover country, but it's also just like this Brown. decrepit economy. Brown and orange. Yeah, you know, yeah. just everything up there is just kind of ugly. Yeah. Uh, Can't say I've had the pleasure. You're not missing too much there. Uh, if I were LeBron, I'd have gone to Miami too. But if I was LeBron, I would have stayed by. Yeah. <laughs> So, Certainly wouldn't have gone back. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you missed some people. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure there are others. That... Re- re- reminds me, I, and I don't want to get on me. Sorry, I derailed the shit out of this. Yeah, you don't mean. <laughs> I, uh, I heard something uh, today uh, at uh, uh, Conway. I think it was Conway. Maybe not. Maybe the one before, them, before him. But uh, they mentioned something, and we're going to do it. Because uh, they, they were talking about, they were telling some story, and... Oh, it's like, what's the fattest state in the, in the nation or something? Oh, and, I heard just a bit of it. Yeah, then they said something about, we need to, what we need to do is go state by state and let's all give our first, you know, preconceived notion about that state. Because we all have them. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that'd be kind of funny because, you know, we, we are always making fun of Florida for different things. And uh, you guys just talked about or Ohio. Uh, I think I'm going to steal that bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think we can work on that. Yeah, we can work on that. I think we could definitely have some fodder there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, some of these places don't even try to break, break down the preconceived notions. So. Hey, we, I, I, well, we don't have to leave. Half the time we don't have to leave the state. I mentioned a county, and Peter, you, you both of you guys get fired up about certain counties around here. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think it would be more fun to do by state, you know. Yeah, like I, you know, I was trying to explain river people to somebody <laughs> last week after coming back from Havasu. Been to the 909? <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like that with but the water. 
flat billed hats, big fake tits, flame tattoos everywhere, lots of blonde, yeah, a lot of streaks, you know. Yeah, it's great. That's hilarious. So yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna. I think this is gonna be a good bit for it. Yeah. Thank you, thank you Tim Conway. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the fattest state in the United States is Mississippi. Yeah, it's Mississippi. <laughs> That's why they don't even bother spelling their state. They just put more food in their butt. It's great. Um, yeah, the NBA Finals. I don't know. Now I'll probably watch more of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's still a stretch. It's it's. I don't, and I the listen, thing is, they're two very good teams. There are two very good teams. I love watching Curry play. And, yeah. And, and actually, I like, I like watching the Warriors play. And, and you, you, you know, LeBron's always exciting to watch. I just don't know that I'm going to put in five games, six, seven games yeah. worth. Just kidding me. Might put in about four or five fourth quarters, maybe. I'm, I'm thrilled that Houston did not advance. I have no desire to see Dwight Howard win an NBA championship. I kind of, you know what? I always Ever. like when people leave one of the local teams and do the big fu. So I, I wouldn't have minded that, uh, you know, a whole lot. But uh, you know, I could care less either way. I was, I, I had no, uh, you know, no dog in that show. And the thing is that James Harden put the team on his Same back. High school man. Yeah. Same high school. And he put the Rockets on his back the other day to get one more game. Yeah, Scored forty five points. points. Yeah. Wow. Which is what he's done this whole playoffs. I mean, I can't believe that's that his the, team. The Thunder let him get away. Yeah, uh, and that shows you where where the Thunder are, where they are this season. You know, between injuries and letting go yeah. of the one guy who actually would make it through a whole season. Uh, Artesia High School. Yeah. <laughs> he, and I, I, James Harden, he can be a bit on the abrasive side. <laughs> <laughs> But I look at you made all pieces. I uh, <laughs> I respect his game, and I respect him way more than as much as I love Matt Barnes. Yeah, uh, I like that. I still I think he and he he knew he was in the wrong in that whole deal. It's like, dude, J- James Harden's not so bad. Um, and you know, when Dwight Howard leaves or when Harden goes somewhere else, I hope he finds his way into something. You know, but. Dwight Howard, I hope you retire without a championship. <laughs> you heard it here, not first. It's been said many times in this By region. Many people. Yes. Uh, I got to watch game five of the Western Conference Finals for the Stanley Cup playoffs on Monday, on Memorial Day. And uh, Anaheim taking on Chicago. And the Ducks jump out, and they scored three goals. They scored two goals in, like, the first five minutes of the first period. They put another one in before the end of the period. So they were up 3 nothing after one period. Uh, Chicago scores another goal. They scored a goal in the second. They scored a goal early in the third. So, and the Ducks threw one in there, too. So all of a sudden, it's 4-2 to two, Anaheim. Two minutes, two and a half minutes left. Chicago pulls their goalie. And... Hayes, just the guy who doesn't know how to spell his name, knows how to put the friggin' puck in the net. Uh, and I, I, I'm not rooting for the Ducks, but I'm not rooting for the Blackhawks either. I feel like they've earned a couple, they've won too many championships recently. I don't want them to win anymore. That was a good win, though. That that, that. for for uh, Taves to score two goals in like a minute and a half to send the thing into overtime, and one where, I mean, he shot it from the corner. He is behind the red line, 
<laughs> I mean, and his, the puck is like on the dang goal line, and he flings it, what, I don't know, 40 feet straight line, and just happens to get kicked into the net by the goalie for Anaheim, and that's, it was crazy. I mean, the kind of thing that you can't, you can't even, I mean, I don't think he was had any prayer of that thing. And that is one of the, the coolest things about hockey, is that how fast you can, you can, you can, you can watch 60 minutes of hockey and see, like, nothing. Right. Yeah. And then in three seconds, <laughs> or, well, 15 seconds, see, like, two scores. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and just, just like you said, yeah, just stuff that you just you can't even plan on. You can't yeah. say coach can't go. Hey, here's what we're gonna do. No, it's just it's just you're gonna skate down here, get stuck in a corner, and fling it across yeah. the ice, and it's gonna get kicked in by the goal. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. It's great. It made for uh, you know the whole. We got an extra 20 minutes of commentary about it during the intermission, <laughs> <laughs> and then overtime lasted 46 seconds. Oh, so, yeah, exactly. And, and that one, I felt bad for Chicago's goalie on that one because I mean he was hosed. He was completely. He never had a chance. I mean, I could have scored from there. <laughs> well, the Ducks had two guys right. on none. And it yeah, was just. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a rough way for him to go out. On that game, but uh, Which, I only actually see that in the soccer though. It's like, yeah, which one do I go for? <laughs> and the soccer net's a lot bigger. Yeah, because well, yeah, right. Regardless, in of hockey, I mean, in that case, the goalie is taught to shrink back, uh-huh. right? Like, fill the space. Yeah, if you've got one, you can attack out, and then you make that behind you it gets smaller because right. you make. Right. You got one. two. Your goal yeah. is to, to to literally shrink back and get as big as you can. Right. In in soccer, you have to you have to pick somebody. You have to commit, to man. You have to commit, and you're you're in that way. You're just unless if you, unless you get help from your defense, you're just really screwed. Unless uh, one of those guys is messy, and you're just screwed. Then, well, then it'll be screwed anyway. But that's yeah, that's like when you got Gretzky yeah, or, or yeah. whatever you got, whatever you pick your sport. And, and if, oh, and if Messi decides to be generous, he'll pass it to uh, Earbiter. Because I've got a, I've got a, I've got a hat trick already, so I want. Uh, Earbiter to get a, a you know. No, no, I just want to. I want to get it to you, and y'all want you to give it right back. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Matthew knows what he's doing. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> if he doesn't want it back, he wouldn't have passed it. Back here. <laughs> it's like Ronaldo, man. Those guys are just amazing. You know, you know what? Like I said, you can hate these guys or like these guys. You can't deny their talent, man. It's just fucking awesome. And the more I, you know, sports like that, you know, like also I, when I was a kid, soccer was just yeah, it's like yeah, whatever. But, you know, having kids that played and have to watch, you know, watch it for, I don't know, 15, 16 years now. And, and that draws you into the uh, professional things because when your kids are over, like Peter knows, sometimes you got to find something that will just keep them from bugging you. And if that means sitting in front of watching the soccer game, then you, you, and I grew to like it. But uh, once you see some of these guys, man, it's amazing. I mean, I remember watching my kids play at the level where they're like seven and eight years old. Nine years old, Everything's and just like random. I'm like, like this is just freaking <laughs> a disaster. I have to go through this for years on, but by the time they were playing in high school and club, it's like, oh, okay, now this is this is pretty exciting. It's rhyme and, and reason. Yeah, <laughs> then you watch a pro game and you're like, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well game six of the Western Conference today, Chicago. Uh, they voted and scored early and often, and went on for the five to two win over the Ducks. So we'll get we're gonna have oh game, we're gonna have game seven game seven in the West, uh, and that's gonna take place. Uh, crap, I, I don't know that yet. But yesterday 
The Rangers scored seven to beat Tampa Bay seven to three. So we're going to have Game Seven in the East as well. Um, What's your pick on, the, on Game Seven? I think Tampa Bay from the East. I think you know that one's been more back and forth um, than I thought it would be, but I think Tampa Bay has their number, despite the fact that they took a whooping yesterday. Um, in the, the West, West, it's a that's a coin toss. It huh? is. Uh, it's. Think Chicago. Uh, I really is don't. Game well, this is, this this is not well, the, this is not the same Duck team that won. won, um, won I think they go. They do two three two in hockey. Uh, I think they do. So I'm I think ask, I'm deferring to you. I, I don't. Know. <laughs> but this this isn't the same Duck team that won at all a few years ago. I mean, these are. It's, how many of those uh, guys are still left? I mean, eight I don't, years ago. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I think, think these. So. Guys, you know, what is, those guys. I don't know. These guys are. I mean, these are. They're good, but are they that talented? Uh, you know, I. I try not to watch them as much as possible. <laughs> uh, I, I chose a side in in the whole. Looks like the. The next game is at home. It looks like, on Saturday. In Anacrime? It looks like it. Yes, five o'clock. Yep. So they go two two one one one. I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? What's their record at home during the playoffs? Better than not. I don't know. They haven't done well in overtime. Two, one, one, one. But they plowed through the first two series. They only lost once in the first two series. This is the first time they've been challenged. But they haven't done well in overtime. No, and Chicago has done exceedingly well in overtime. Monday was the first overtime game that the Blackhawks had lost. And the first one is the Ducks have won, right? Yeah. I mean, they were like, I don't know, maybe. Chicago's been here like pretty much every year for like the last 10 years. Chicago was a heartbeat away from being in the finals last year. I mean, the Kings Kings had some spectacular good fortune. Oh, that's right. If you can knock Chicago Chicago out early, that's good. Because the farther it goes into the playoffs, the better they tend to get. And they get tougher and tougher to beat. So even when you beat them like the Kings did, it wasn't easy, man. And it was last year and the year before that the Kings had to get through, if I remember correctly, had to get through Chicago, and then the year before that, the Chicago passed through the Kings. So, uh, but you find like you Three find four years. You find they're a, teams, a team that played better as the playoffs go on. But you find the teams that are perennially there, they, that experience comes into play. Oh yeah, you know, oh, like yeah. you said, when you go deeper into thing, while you're starting to get nervous because this is Game Seven, they're like, yeah, it's Game Seven. We've done this before. We've done this. Yeah. Yeah, and even when you lose, you're like you still just know, like we know what to do, and and uh, and Chicago's another team that also plays well on the road. Um, they don't, they're not like some teams like need to play at home to win, and and the Kings used to be like that, and recently, the past few years seem to have overcome that. But Chicago has been a team that has always been able to kick some ass on the road. Who's got more superstition, uh, baseball players or hockey players? That's tough, man. It you is. can go either way there. Yeah. There you're talking about <sighs> there's, a, there's a lot of weird things going on with those guys. Um, those are probably the two quirkiest bunches of all of the major sports in in this country. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know how much uh, superstition the Ducks got, but the Blackhawks are famous for 
a bunch of crazy weird stuff. You know what I mean? There's like guys that don't wash their freaking chonies and they grow the beards and you know, don't wear their false teeth. I mean, all kinds of weird things happen. Wasn't it Blackhawks? I'm pretty sure it was the Blackhawks. No, that's Philadelphia. The, the whole octopus? That was Detroit. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's for Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Chicago, Detroit. I mean, yeah, I mean it's a, the same place. This is, yeah, it's, yeah. Come on, you got... Suburbs you, of you, you, you're, you're, Lake, you, got, you got descendants of Detroit. Man. Lakes and mosquitoes. That. I mean, it's all... Uh, really, though, I mean, it's all... An octopi. Patrick's. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. All, uh, all connected right there. So, the, I mean, I'm sure that Chicago has some... They've had a lot more time to, to build... Bizarre traditions and superstitions that feed those traditions. So uh, it's it's fun to put these two franchises next to each other in this situation. You know, one of the old old timey teams against yeah. the freaking Disney team. You know, and on the, on the East you got a similar thing. You got the New York Rangers against on the original six Tampa Bay. I mean. There shouldn't be hockey in Anaheim or Tampa Bay, realistically. It just it just doesn't make any sense. But I mean, there there really shouldn't be a hockey team called the Lightning either. But I mean, hey, they find themselves a game away potentially from the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know if the Lightning. That's that would be their first, right? I don't think they've ever. I don't know that the they've ever been there. I'm pretty um, sure this is as far as they've gotten. I don't think they've ever reached this point in the finals. Really? Yeah, I mean, in, in the playoffs. I could be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's true. It's puzzling to me that Tampa Bay has franchises in all of... Well, they don't have a basketball team, but, I mean, they've got NFL, NHL, and Major League Baseball. It just doesn't seem like they well, they should. Defies logic for certain. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that something's finally puzzled T-Mon is... is oh, I am puzzled more un- often than I admit, to me. But, <laughs> but hockey is a lot more fun than basketball. I got to tell you. I mean, mm-hmm. for me, I'm I'm enjoying what little time I've had Dude, to watch you get to the have hockey fights. Playoffs. Of course, yeah. you get to have fights. Hockey is more fun for you than basketball. You're a wagon. <laughs> I required. I didn't think it was going to get racial. <laughs> By the way, for the record, you weren't the only black guy at my wedding. I saw the other guy. I saw the other one. The other guy didn't have dreads. No. Bald, I think. Or or nearly so. Not even sure he's a native. (laughs) Native Ghanaian. Exactly. (laughs) We we did the old bro thing. Yeah, what up, dude? I see see you. You see me. We're we're back-to-back with shit that breaks out around (laughs) Then one big yeehaw, and we're going. We're, we're getting out of here. <laughs> Some big Delta Kai song. We're, no, no, uh, whatever in Delta Kai. <laughs> We may have sung some misogynistic <laughs> songs on the bus, but there were no racist songs on the on the shuttle back to the hotel. Funny thing is, the girls were all like hooting and hollering while we sang the songs about burying them in pine wood boxes and all that good stuff. You know? I don't even understand how you women think. At that point, then I don't think that they did either, but that's okay. Uh, hey. 
The Padres beat the Angels two out of the three. Padres. They beat the Dodgers one game when Devoid mm-hmm. being swept too. One oh. game, yeah. They they're good at winning one out of three. <laughs> they didn't the want to be swept, right man. Um, the Dodgers are still sitting on top. Their big brother right now. That's okay. Kershaw, man, he was. He, he Kershaw he had a really yeah. solid game, and yeah. it was super solid. Uh, somebody tried to give it away too man, towards the end of the game. Wow. Right. Well, as long as he doesn't have to face off against Bumgarner, I think he's Bumgarner's pretty beast, stoked. Yeah. And it's not that Bumgarner's a better pitcher than him. He's just it's that beast. Bumgarner can go yard off of his ass. And that's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not the first one. It's, I, I think it's he's gone deep on him at least twice now, I think. I think you might be right. Uh, that's kind of crazy. I mean, and when you when you throw 97 miles an hour... And a guy with long arms swinging a 35-ounce piece of wood connects with it. Touch it. It's going to go a long way. And that's one of the curses of being a throwing throwing some heat. And and being a guy that throws a lot of strikes. Because Kershaw Mm -hmm. strikes people out, which means, generally speaking, you're throwing a lot of of breaking balls. But you're throwing stuff in the zone or close to the zone. And the idea is it's got a lot of movement on it and people are missing. But when they connect, they it, you've thrown it 97 miles, they've hit it hard, it's going somewhere. A lot of guys throw, throw a lot of heat, though, man. When guys connect on those, those are deep. I mean, they're, they go deep. Yeah. yeah. Well, because the other thing, too, is like you're, you're like, this if guy's you throwing hard, to I'm going to swing hard. Right. And so it, it's, it's not like in a pitcher like Baumgartner, I mean, he's not going up there and saying, I'm gonna try to hit for a single. No, no, he's like, I'm just gonna try to hit this thing as hard as I can. Yeah. Kershaw's done this to a few other pitchers mm-hmm. himself, as has uh, Zach Greinke, where they're like, I'm just gonna, I'm swinging. I'm, you're throwing as hard as you can because you know you're throwing against pitcher, and I'm, I'm swinging as hard as I can. Yeah. And so if there's a connection there, you, you, I remember was it two years ago, Kershaw had like three or four home runs in one year. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it was three. Uh, but what, was he a great hitter? No, he just well, you know, swinging hard think, and connected. Speaking of swinging hard, I think that's I, kind of what's going on. There. I was yeah. reading a quote uh, from a, not a pitcher from Reggie Jackson in a book recently, and he says he says every time I went up to the plate, I was swinging for the fences. He said we might have needed a guy on we might have needed a guy on first. You know, we might have needed <laughs> need to advance the runner. He says my goal was to advance him. And have me touch home plate, you know. I mean, that, I mean, that was his thing. I mean, he says, "I, he says, I'm not the guy you sent up there to 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 get a single." He says, "You know, he goes, my thing was, is I tried to hit it out of the park every time I swung the bat." Yeah. He says, "If they absolutely needed me just to get a base hit, I would do it, but I tried to hit it as deep as I can to do so." I'd like to know how many times <laughs> in in his professional career Reggie Jackson bunted. <laughs> I just, I, were, you, I were, you, were you here when, when Bob was talking about the guy who bought it? I don't think I was. He was talking about, oh, God, I forgot who it was, uh, some old-time player and uh, who, who ended up being the, uh, who, uh, um, I don't know, he led the league in batting or rookie of the year or whatever it was. But um, I think he's a stem usual. He said he, he says he couldn't hit left-handed pitchers. And Musial told him, just bunt. So he he had like 19 bunts, and that year he 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 had he, he finished the season batting 300, and he was the uh, 
MVP or rookie of the year, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I gotta believe that Reggie Jackson is entire career. I mean, maybe a Two dozen. Or three. <laughs> maybe a dozen. And most it. of those would have all been when he was like young, like or checks. I would check swings. Still, probably put it single digits. Though. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Nine would be my upper, dozen. Would upper be the yeah. yeah. absolute most. Yeah, yeah. it'd yeah. be an interesting thing to know because that was one of those. Yeah, the third base coach is doing this. And he's like, no. He's like, no. Yeah, I got to buy it. You know, it was like, like no. One of those deals where, <laughs> like they do, which they didn't do back then, but it was some sort of like a weird shift. Like he saw like the third baseman was playing over on second base. He's like, oh yeah. I if I absolutely it. have to, if you're going to give it to me, I'll take it. But even then, I don't think they did that uh, to him. I don't think uh, they didn't do that back then a lot, and I don't think they did it to him at all because he was just drive it sort of stuff so uh yeah I, I, that doesn't surprise me I, I, to hear you say that you said that does not surprise me at all not not so much no nope. <laughs> he was excited as fuck though mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know kept the police scanner busy and i really didn't get done in trouble it wasn't like you know so was was that that yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a man among men right there. <laughs> uh, the Dodgers are still... 28 and... I just saw that, brother. 18. Yeah. The tops in the West right now. The Giants nipping at their heels. Oh, yeah. Game, game back. Oh, well, Giants have played more games, huh? Yeah. yeah. So 28 and 20. Uh, Padres and D-backs. Uh, distant... Third and fourth. Yeah, but and your then, Padres are still in striking distance. Yeah, well, you know, I think that slow playing this division is not the worst call you can make. You yeah. Just keep it at five hundred for a while. You could you could do worse. Uh, but they they're at least a year away, I think, from unfortunately doing anything too exciting. Uh, they could they could make noise, but they needed some guys to gel right out of the gate. And hasn't quite hasn't quite been there so far, but that's all right. Uh, so you want to go from NL West to AL East? Is that, sure, is that yeah. How, is that how you want to go from bottom right to top left? <laughs> In the AL East, not our usual AL East standing breakdown that we expect to see, where like you got four teams over five hundred and one who's no. like like a game below five hundred. Mm-hmm. We've got granted it's still a tight tight ship from top to bottom, but the Yankees. At twenty five and twenty two are on top of the heap at the moment. Yeah, but they they lose they they drop a lot of games though, man. I you know I get the little notifications because mm-hmm. they're like my you know like they lost and lost and lost and they win then they lose and they win and win and they lose and lose and they win. It's like dude, you need to be more consistent. Put some put a string of. Uh, I guess they they did they got three in a row now, so I, I give them that. But it's getting a little nerve <laughs> wracking for a while. Tampa Bay lost five. Wow. But the uh, yeah the Rays are second at five hundo in that division yeah. twenty four apiece on each side of the column. Um, I like where the Sox are though. Yeah, hey, and I think that's going to continue for a while. That's it. They're going to be in disarray for for a while. But I can tell you, just like we've talked about many times on this show, that if you were to take a screenshot of this now? the AL East right now, <laughs> and then it, it will not resemble that August in a month, let alone <laughs> yeah. mid September. So yeah. Um, they won't say there. Bet highly there. on the Blue Jays, and honestly, I think the Rays to be in the bottom of that division come come September, and 
You can hold it against me all you want if you want to look through the archives. It doesn't ever bother me though. I, I make infreq I mean, I make incorrect predictions all the time <laughs> on this show, and you guys rarely call me on it. So, you know, thank you for that. Or you know, step up your game, listeners. <laughs> Accountability is what makes this world work. Well, it's probably because uh, you know, like you got people that don't even realize you're still here every week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to chalk that one up to intoxication. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, apparently there's something good for baseball uh, from the Central Time Zone. Oh my God, the Cardinals are... The Cardinals, just like you say, 31 and 16. Best record in baseball. Um, On the other side of misery, you've got the Royals at 28 and 18. And tied with them in the AL Central are the Twins... Also 28 and 18. And then, for good measure, you've got the Tigers, 28 and 20 right there, too. So, um, I'm not terribly surprised. Well, the Twins are a little bit of a surprise to me there. But um, the biggest surprise still this season, and now we're, you know, we're six weeks, seven weeks into this baseball season. If you look at the AL West, the team on top right there, six games up on the next nearest competitor, the Houston Astros, one of only two teams in baseball in the 30-win column yeah. so far, and that used to be what they had, you know, at the end of the season. If they were lucky. Well, they had they, they had a good run there back when uh, uh, what's his name? In, 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 Howell. In, in, <laughs> was that guy saying it was married to Nancy Lopez for a while? That that era. Uh, I can't remember the name. Those guys were way back. Well, yeah, you're right. Yeah, 70, yeah, 70. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a team that was like, in, for instance. We were just talking not so long ago on the show about how happy all the other members of the AL West were happy that the Astros were showing up. (laughs) (laughs) And now they're kind of going, hmm, maybe not so much. What the shit? (laughs) Yeah. We were supposed to get some free wins out of the deal. A lot of free wins. And, yeah. Houston has decided they're not going to be a doormat anymore. And, you know, this is a team that was in the World Series ten years ago. Um, and was a frequent competitive, if not contending, team through the 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember those years when they had Bagwell and Craig Biggio. Oh, yeah, and, yeah and that, those were good years, yeah. A bunch yeah. of other you know, guys who made some noise, and they were, they were a franchise to be somewhat reckoned with. And before that, the Negro Brothers. Oh, yeah, Phil and Joe. Yeah, so oh, Peter reaching into the freak, making me go go way the, the deep. Way back it. machine, the way back. Way, man. Exactly, Bagwell, Biggio, yeah, some good some good years, man. Back, um, back. Nolan Ryan, I forgot that's where he went that's, after he left the, way the way Angels. Back. That, that is way back. Yeah. That's even way back. Yeah. Tequila Sunrise Astros day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> horizontal stripes, man. <laughs> um, speaking of, well, the the Astros used to be in the NL Central. The Cubbies right now. And before that, they were in the uh, West. Back when there were two divisions in mm-hmm. each league, yeah. Because they weren't around when there was only a National League and an American League. But when they went divisional, they were in the West. Uh, <laughs> the Cubs are above 500 right now. The they're Cubbies! Not, they're, not, uh, they're not challenging the Cardinals at this point in time. And they're not going to... Uh, that's okay though. You know, next year Wrigley will actually be done. This year they're kind of playing in 
renovated Wrigley, and I, I have mixed feelings about it because Wrigley Field, it's the second oldest ballpark left in baseball, Fenway being the oldest, and Dodger Stadium of Los Angeles being the third oldest ballpark left. Uh, Didn't the Cubbies used to uh, do their train over across the, across the uh, 26 miles they away? Did it in, they did it in Catalina yes, for a while. They, they actually did it in Pasadena for a while, too. Yeah. Because uh, good old Mr. Wrigley. He owned a back lot. When, back when he yeah, owned multiple homes. He owned a lot. A whole lot of stuffs, yeah. <laughs> he's got mansions all over the place. Well, yeah. he's, he's you know not alive anymore. Who <laughs> knew chewing gum? But, uh, <laughs> the great thing about it is that you got to put in a new stick every so often. Yeah, that's true. Know, like that stuff that's just right. never works for very long. Like him and Adolph Coors figured out already to just keep uh, keep you coming back for more. Yeah, it's a great deal. Yeah, newspapers help too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Not this day, but back then it did. <laughs> News what? <laughs> what? What is this you speak of? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, the, but you know, I have seen a few pictures of the the Wrigley rehab that's going on right now. They put in a huge new scoreboard thing in the outfield, like a video, a giant new video board. They're keeping the, they the ones with the with they're the keeping little... the hand operated scoreboard, yeah. but I don't know. Doesn't look right. A giant, giant HD video screen out there. Some of the people who had sweet deals where they were having people sit up on their roof and pay to sit up there. They kind of got hosed out by the whole thing. I don't really feel for them either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got a great deal out of the whole shebang, but the ballpark's not going to look the same. And there's some sadness in that. Um, yeah, I don't like that, man. I, I call me an old crotchety old mo- mofo, man. I, I just I, have I would never call you tough that time. on the air. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tough time with all, all that all that fancy change. Back at the wedding, I heard him say that a few times. <laughs> I, I did, I did. I, 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 picked, I picked up on it one time when I was in the fo- we were in the photo booth. I could hear him outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so last little wedding aside. <laughs> We were getting ready to have all of us, you know, get introduced, and then we were walking out to do the dance thing. And Ashley had just taken her shoes off, so we're standing out there. She's barefoot. We're out on the pavement out there, or the, you know, on the patio. We're like, the photo booth is right there on the side by the studio wall, kind mm-hmm. of right here. And we just hear all of a sudden, crash! Somebody dropped their glass, like oh, right no. in front of where we were supposed to walk. I was like, all right, oh, no. we have to just do a. Little detour around there, but that kind of lightened lightened the mood a little bit too. I was like, "All right, someone already broke a glass. <laughs> People are drinking. No one's gonna care. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine." That you know one thing. And one thing I have to say is everybody looked like they're having a great time. That's that was mm-hmm. one of the, the one of the cool things. Everybody would, looked like they were just enjoying the shit out of themselves. Hey, you guys are pretty cool people. <laughs> it's nice to have fun people to hang out with. Yeah, it was good. I know a lot of people whose weddings were like just uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, we we all been there. <laughs> I can say I was never uncomfortable, even when I was like taking shots in front of my grandma. I was like, she's totally not okay with this, and I get a free pass. It's today. my wedding. <laughs> it's my and I cry if I want to. Shot if I want to, drink if I want to. And I think it helped that the shots were in little uh, red solo <laughs> red, cups. I like that. Those were stylish, man. Yeah, that was a Walmart pickup. 
Good job, Wally World. You should have seen Peter take over the old cake pump activity there, man. Nah, 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 let me show you what you're yeah, doing. I wasn't man. impressed with the bartenders either. That's all right. Yeah, that we, 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 worked, we worked, we worked, our, we worked our way you. through that. <laughs> well, when I, when I first talked to her at you know, 5 o'clock that day, she was like, oh, no, this was Because cool. I told her, like, I wanted to get kegs that had the CO2. Right. And you just pull the tap and it pours and you flip it up. But the places I found... I could have gone and picked it up and brought it, but that wasn't going to happen on Saturday. So right. I needed someone that was going to deliver that stuff. So Bevmo was the only one that stepped up and said, like, we can deliver it. I'm like, all right. They didn't do the CO2. So I was like, sorry, you get to, you get good old-fashioned pump taps. She's right. like, no, this is cool. I've never done this before. I was like, oh, oh that's no. not what you want to hear. <laughs> that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> all right. Well. This is cool. I'm an expert at this. That sounds a whole lot better. <laughs> My idea was just let's take all of the booze and the mixers, and if we're going to do, like, mixed drinks, then just mix them in a bucket beforehand and have them just pour it into a cup. These people wanted to, like, oh, no, we want to mix every single one. Let's take more tips that way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Bitch, you don't even realize these people drink. <laughs> <laughs> I think they realized when they looked up and oh, saw yeah. that line. They looked up and saw that line. Maybe, but at the end of the night, they were exhausted. Peter said, Peter, said, <laughs> Peter and I just got our beers, and he says, We should get back in line. I'm like, Seriously, dude? He goes, Tell me, we should get back in line. I, so we didn't. So three minutes later, we're talking, and I'm not facing the line. He goes, Told you. I look like, <laughs> Holy shit, that line's, that line's <laughs> long, man. Believe me. Here's a man who knows how to maneuver a party. They worked hard. They were exhausted. They realized that they were dealing with a drinking crowd. <laughs> we came to play. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and we wanted to get, we wanted to show the guy and prove a good time too. <laughs> <laughs> when are you guys gonna get to another Doyers game? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We, we do. should do that, man. We should do that. Get some some sandwiches or some other local cuisine. Some long sausages, whatever. <laughs> You know, we can do Down to pay like $19 for a hot dog. We can 23 do bucks for a beer. That's about what it cost. That's <laughs> where we went, right? So, uh, I, you know, I got my 18 year old who was 17 at the time who decided he wanted a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mm. a little bit of this. I just wanted some beer and peanuts, man. I was like, you know, what he do you want? Sh- what he also he- showed up with more money than you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he didn't spend any of it, though. Uh, uh, what he wants. Because that's my money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what he wants and a beer and some peanuts. And it's like, you know, yeah, you see, you're, uh, see, are you in the right tax bracket for this guy? <laughs> like, uh, LA story. <laughs> Steve Martin wanted to make a reservation at a freaking uh, restaurant. They go, oh, you have to bring in your freaking last taxes. And <laughs> and then the chef comes out and goes, "Okay, you can eat here, but you sh-. he goes, but you shall have the chicken." <laughs> well, I, I went order no, no, you can only have the chicken. <laughs> That's how I felt. Man. It ain't cheap at Dodger Stadium, but it's a good time. It is, time. and we need to make a, a sw- not a live broadcast, obviously. No, no, no that's, that's a, a complete waste of time. But no. we need a a swoops world. Dodgers outing. Yes, it's we're, we're wrapping things soon. up. We need to go do that. <laughs> it's all too late. Right, we should plan that. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. You guys all heard it. You got to hold us to it now. Yeah. If you want to come with us, 
You got to prove your worth because let's face it, you guys are internet riffraff. <laughs> Plus, it's the only place I get these guys to go because they won't go to the the, the Angels Stadium. No, <laughs> no, I would have gone there yesterday. Honestly, I was tempted to just leave work early, but uh, I was. Who are we fooling? We couldn't get oh, us all last, three. Last we couldn't get was... us all three to Blair Field. I know. It's <laughs> They still accept. He's like ten years younger. They still accept my freaking Cal State Long Beach ID at Blairfield. Oh my god! I'm like, I know they don't look like this anymore. I know I don't look like this anymore. They're like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, honestly, dude. This Go is, beach. This is like work study something. Hey, where was the mayor, man? He's a Delta guy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, he didn't invite me to his wedding. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we did have a couple of a couple of the the gay fellows who were there take photo booth pictures and then write stuff in the in the little album. Like, you need to, glad we could have some gay at your wedding. <laughs> Solid. Uh, let's take a quick break and come back for yeah. Finish up on T-Bone's timeout. You're listening to Swoops Roll on the Talk Star Radio Network. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back after this. Who are we going to listen to this time, guys? This is Barry Rolera. Got to get it right.
This is Mark Anthony Farad, recording artist, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. Music is one of the most important things in my life, but nothing is more important than life itself. So choose a designated driver. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. As a former model, I used to walk runways all over the world. Paris, Milan, New York. This is Salif Diara. As a local health worker, he walks the pathways of his village in Mali, West Africa, every day to help treat severely ill children. Like many children in the developing world, those in Salif's village are threatened by common illnesses that kill millions worldwide. But unlike villages without a local health worker, the children in Salif's village get the care they need to survive. And even though you can't walk in his shoes, you can help him with his work. Help one, save many. See where the good goes at goodgoes.org and find out all the ways you can help get the good where it Hi, this is Mark Anthony Farad, recording artist, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. Music is one of the most important things in my life, but nothing is more important than life itself. So choose a designated driver. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Hi, y'all. We're the Black Whiskey Union. My name's Britt. I'm Jim. Wessie. And you're listening to Swoop's World. It's one of our favorite radio stations, so keep listening, y'all. Whoopee. 
Maximus World of Talks to our radio network. Back to you, T Bone. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, shit, we talk about it during the, the breaks just crap, man. Yeah. It's the reason why muted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fellas, I don't have any more sports to talk with you. Oh, I, you did do this, did I you? do want to sincerely thank you guys for putting up with me for this whole time. Oh, uh, and thank you again for being there this weekend. Uh, and thank you for giving me an excuse to get out of the house on Wednesday nights now that I'm a married man. So it's 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 been real this in almost this entire time. It's been fun this entire time. So well, just so you know, just for the record, now that you're officially married, Ashley will never listen to another one of these radio. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. You don't have to worry. You're clear now. I didn't, you're assuming she didn't before. That ship sailed a while ago. There might have been a few times where she, where she like, clicked in to see, make sure you weren't saying anything wrong. But now, trust me, now this is total, complete freedom. Freedom. You can say whatever you want. And no one, actually, will yeah. never know. The federal government's a different story. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. A- yeah, yeah, NSA. My we, wife will not say anything. She won't know. She won't know. She'll be cool. Uh, yeah, I got. So I you got, got that. I, I got you got that. It's a certain amount of freedom now. I, I got nothing to bring to that, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know my track record, too. Uh, apparently, I don't know what's right, what works, what doesn't, what's right, or what's wrong. <laughs> well, just thinking from. Because, you know, tomorrow morning, or no, more like around Saturday, my wife will say, Did you, uh, How'd the radio show go? Did you guys talk about anything interesting at all? He'll say no, so I'll she didn't go look no. some archives. <laughs> we're good. So. Ah, good times, good times. Think fellas. of this as like the confessional. That's what this is, as you know, from a, for, for a married person, <laughs> as you and I are. Uh, this is y'all. I stuck my toes in the water a few times. That's good, you know, I never did the whole Catholic stuff. Actually, jump, actually so. jumped in a few times. And, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, good. But good for you guys. <laughs> you know. Something, everything ain't for everybody, you know. It's like, you know. Some guys skydive, some guys don't. I'll do triathlons. Jack does. You do kendo, I don't. Everybody's different. You're a serial marrier. I was. <laughs> Reformed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but everything about that again. You just put a bullet in my head. <laughs> if you won't, I will. <laughs> Unless it's like Oprah, because she's a billionaire. <laughs> oh, yeah, bro. Angie Edmonds available. <laughs> He's a billionaire too. Uh, well, at least Seth, half a billionaire. Seth, Seth, they're not married. Seven. Apparently, is I don't know if this is true, but I heard that you know there's Oprah's place and then there's Stedman's cottage, which I'm fine with. I'm good with that. So, Oprah, you know, Stedman getting a little you know long in the tooth. I'm, 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 well, I don't know, probably. Man, about. I, I did a party where Stedman was at, man. You he, told me that. Yeah. He does not look like he's he's eating well. He's doing all right. Huh? He's doing all right. <laughs> And gay marriage is legal here, so you might want to. I'm just saying. The dominoes keep on falling. Man. Is it legal in Illinois? Uh, you get a, you know. Ireland. 
Illegal in Ireland. I know that. That, that was just a new. Well, I'm talking like states, though. You know? yeah. I think she's got a sweet pad in, in Chicago. Oh, she does, huh? Too, right? But hey, yeah, the Irish. Who knew? Well, you know, not a priest. But they can't get married to anybody. Yeah, well. Until they fall out of favor. Yeah. Open some doors. Exactly. Doors. Back door. We took a wrong turn. We're heading down that path. Like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Beavis Thoroughly and underappreciated. Beavis okay. <laughs> I agree. Groundbreaking stuff. Mike Judge is a genius. A genius, at least. No, say the least. Exactly. Well, let's see. Uh, Actually, I don't know. We don't actually don't have anybody. We don't have anybody scheduled for next week. We might have Johnny, or I don't know. He hasn't gotten back to me, so um, but nobody's scheduled for next week. So it's probably just three of us. Uh, if something changes, of course, you'll see that on Twitter, Facebook, and all the other ways you can follow us on Swoops World. Any uh, last-minute words of wisdom, fellas? Um, no. No. How about you? A married man's uh, got to have something to say to us. I mean, sure. There's I used all my poetic shit up already. Yeah, you so. did. You did a good job, Evan. Though you did, you did a good job. Uh, <laughs> give me credit, man. Yeah, you man. did a good job. And I, I like how you started off with like I couldn't find any uh, two by five cards, or whatever <laughs> index cards. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> he brings up the freaking scrolls. <laughs> It was either that or a toilet paper roll. I feel like I made the right choice. I wanted to stand up going, dude, I had a whole shitload of those 3 by 5 cards. Oh, I got hundreds of I had thousands of them at work. Literally. But then I would have had to hand write that or print it out and cut it out. Yeah, it's easy to go. Print. <laughs> well, from uh, from uh, the fellas here at uh, World, uh, congratulations to you and your new bride. And, uh, you know, long and happy life together. Uh, Definitely deserve it, and both great people. We had a great time at your wedding, so congratulations, man. Yeah. yeah. Thank you both. And for those of you listening out there in Radio World, we'll see you again next week, Wednesday, same bat time, same bat channel. Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Good night. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 